What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, he's been giving you hits from in the late 90s right until now. He's one of Dancehall's most recognizable faces. You know who we have in the building today? We have Mr. Vegas in the building, a.k.a. King Subi in the building. What's going on, Big Boss? Heal, brother. Heal, brother. Big up yourself. Um, great fan of your, um, your work. That, that makes two of us. Thank you so very much. Yes, I. All right. When you come to this program here, we like to take it right back and then go right into 2021. Is that cool with you? Yes, I. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it 100%. All right. First question we always start with, where did you grow up in Jamaica and what actually attracted you to music in the first place? Well, I, I was born in Kingston um, and left Kingston at a tender age. Um, to the hills of um, St. Andrew, that is like, you know, up Lawrence Tavern side of that way, up a St. Andrew. Um, so um, I, I, I grew up um, very poor, and basically, um, so I, I, I'm always like, I was always dreaming of, you know, you know a way to get out of, 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 of poverty. The board house had no television, and, you know, my mother had just a little radio as any, any means of, um, entertainment or, or, or media. Um, so, you know, at a, at a tender age, I, I was always thinking of how, how, you know, how could I, you know, get a television and a better life based on the life that I was, that I knew. Um, so um, I remember living with my brothers and um, sisters by my mother's side, but not, not my father's side. And um, because of the abuse um, from um, my brothers, especially my brothers, I started running away from home at a tender age. So when I ran away, um, I would, you know, tell people that, um, you know, I'm here. To, I, I came to meet my mom at the, um, to, um, at the bus stop, but she didn't come on the bus. Yeah, and, and they would buy the, 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 um, the, the lie. So then, you know, I, they would put me up for the night. And I and I use that story all the time to sleep from different, you know, you know, to just from the house to house. You and know. what age? What age are we talking about here? Well, I was I was in grade one, so this is this must have been like seven years old, around there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the exact age, but I was in grade one at that time, mm -hmm. um, going on to grade two. And um, you know, I, it was then that I started, um, um, you know, you know, listening to music. From a sound system that 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 used to play at a place called Fern Hill, at the end of the um, at the foot of the hill from where I go to uh, um, where I went to school, Unity Primary, there was a sound system that played at the end of the um, the, the road, at the end of the hill, the, the, the bottom of the hill. My my bad. So when I when I you know was there you know like. You know, run, run, run away from home, and I was basically listening to the music and the sound system. That is all now. I started getting, you know, you know, attached to the music. So I remember these, these, and, and later on, I realized that the vocals that I am, um, the, the the sound that I really, really, you know, you know, grew accustomed to and 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 became fan, a fan of, was like the sound of Barrington Levy and Tennessee, you know. And those unique voices, they attracted, uh, you know, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, attached to those voices, 
You know, they were like inspirations without me even knowing who the artists were. It's later on I realized that these artists were like um, Chuck Turner um, and um, Barrington Levy and Tennessee and Pinchers. You know, so those vocals, you know, Pinchers came, you know, years after when I started going to Oberlin. But, you know, it was the same vibe, just listening to these sounds on the, on the sound system at, at Fernal. And did you discover your voice at this time here yet, or just the influence of music is in your mind at this just time? The influence of, just the influence of music. I, I, I didn't know I, you know, I am, um, you know, I could sing then. You know, I love music. I love music. Um, but but I later discovered this um, at, at Oberlin, when I started going to Oberlin High School. I used to go to school as a little barefoot youth, no shoes. And um and I had a big scar in my face. Yeah, when I was going to Almany Law Age, um a, a youth basically um was was I think he was beating up one of my brethren. And I was like, yo, loud the man, man. You know, I used to walk with go, go on my evening time. And then basically just look around and just swing the knife and just cut me across my face. So I had a big scar in my face. Um like a big like about like this because my mom didn't take me to the doctor to get a stitch so because of that it you know it keloid so i went through my whole um adolescent years with a big scar into my into my um 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 20s you know and um my late 20s so when i was at oberlin because of the scar in my face and and no shoes and and stuff like that and you know teenage bumps and all of them things there. You know, I had nothing to attract the, the, the females. Mm-hmm. That was basically like the ugly boy. <laughs> <laughs> so when so you know then then you know when I reached when I when I when I reached um ninth grade yeah I, I just left eighth grade and I reached ninth grade I, I started um hanging out with some youth in my class named Romy. And Clayton and him, you then Romy's a man now start him, him DJ. So because Romy a DJ, you know, I try fit in. Got because I, you know, Romy, you know, the girls them love Romy. Zane, you know, she was just Alex. So um Romy and Clayton was a youth and we used to power with them time there in Oberlin. And I just I just started ninth grade. And um, you know, we took it to the, the auditorium around the canteen area now, around the canteen area during the um, breaks time, the lunch time. So it's, it's there, so now people are beat the desk. And Romy Adiji and I jump in. You see? Like, as a singer oh, or as a DJ? Yeah, man, I sing, man. And tell me I sing now like, oh, Sanchez sound. <laughs> so I was like, you know, never seen you looking so lovely as you've been tonight. Never seen you shine so bright, so amazing. And I'm a beat the desk. Never seen how many men I see if you wanted to dance. I give up a little romance. And the girls, them start going away. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's dear. So now I really, really realize that, wow. Um, you know, you know, them like come and sing. So when I going home from school now, when I was going home from school now, um, I started singing for the girls that I walk with because we used to walk from Oberlin go to my house in Pigeon Valley. So you had some girls like Zoe and them girls, and now she just passed away the other day, Zoe. This was like the first girl me ever have a crush on when I really sing to. Mm-hmm. 
So I sing to her even time ago, when I try to get her, I try to get her attention, you know. And she, and she really blush. And I say, if we could start anew, I wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> so, and she just a blush, you see. So, um, when me see all the girls in my react now, when I go my even time, and I beg me for sing. Yeah, so I youth named Zul Palmer now, from around my way, you know. Hear about me and this singing thing, and say my camera go studio. Okay, so at this time here, were you looking to pursue music, or basically this is now your intro into music with getting into the studio here? This is the 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 the, the, the intro basically, mm -hmm. but the, the influence started with like Pinchers and 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 Sanchez, mm -hmm. the, the the influence to be an artist. Because prior to that, remember, I was just like you know like attracted to the sounds of of these 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 um um unique sounds mm -hmm. from like you know I realized later on that they were like sounds from Barrington Levy these were sounds from Barrington Levy and Tennessee but it was just something about the sounds that you know Chuck Turner I got to leave in and what and, and this youth from Nonga View um true love will never die Conrad Crystal Conrad Crystal right and 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 Chuck Turner had, had a song um, at a song called I Can Take a Woman, Leave Her Alone, a Temporary Lover, Come and Go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, before we get to our music mountain with, 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 with the producer where I'm here, bought me, um, just, to, to, just to piggyback a little bit, the real um, um, vibe start now. The real, you know, um, aspiration started now at a sound clash one night at the same place when we used to run away and stand up when the music I play at night time when the sound I play, right? So this sound system I play and you have a sound clash I go on. And you have a DJ up on up my way, you know, named Winji. Mm -hmm. you know, named Winty, sorry. Winty was a bad DJ. I him around the place. The man we used to talk about Winty like you might be like a like a um stitchy them and like the man as a little young youth and bad. You know, the baddest DJ. I'm surprised I'm surprised I'll never really pursue music. Hmm. Right? So them have a clash the night. And they might kill everything. And I said, I want to go into the clash. Mm -hmm. And they say, No, Miss Lucille Boy that. <laughs> so we go into the clash. I'm seeing I'm going at the clash and me have a tune my right half a stitchy that I'm stitchy of a tune name um, um young girl wear your size, young girl wear your size. So me have a tune I say, young girl, look your size, young girl, look your size. Seeing seeing so I jump in at the clash and me have a next song now of Admiral Bailey song with me um our risk of Benji. I think it was risk of Benji melody or Bailey melody. Where me I say um, now let me country, now let me country, now let me country, now let me country. In other country where we van and grow, in other country where we van and grow, we have sweet potato, we have man tomato, plantain and chow chow, for a mango, dashin and cocoa. Yes, what I say? So we start DJ, now the place I go on a waste star. To the point where, is that the man say, I mean, we in the clash now, and, and the biggest DJ is up on my way now, and everybody know, I say, yo, I miss Lucy's boy, I'm in the clash you now. And what was what was your name at this time here? Me don't have no name. Just basically, um, I'm Clifford. Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't have like, nobody never knew me like to be an artist and an upcoming a new artist and nothing like that. It was just me. So the man in my clash and just want to jump in because of course, remember, so me I sing for the girls in my school and I'm singing for like Zoe in my evening time. So my confidence kind of, you know, you know, you know, enlarged. Mm-hmm. And so you remember the sound, the name of the sound that it was that you guys were That's what I remember, but, but, but people up the way don't remember the sound. I don't remember the sound, sir, but I, I had a big sound, I had a big sound up our way. Like, like once they get a singer for that sound, you had a man. <laughs> so, Winji is a man around the sound, a, a theme, a theme sound, basically. They rate him like that, like him or the big man. So, after me, after me come to Boom and win the clash now, the people them want to hear more. I said, I can't sing to you, know. Seeing? And then put on the, 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 the truck turn already in B. See, I'm going to say, I can take a woman and leave her alone. A temporary lover come and go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're the kind of woman that I ever know. And the place start going away. The girls them start scream. <laughs> See, I'm going to I don't want to leave without you. Yeah, me, like a frightened virgin. <laughs> when, a man, <laughs> when a man pull it up, see him? Like, a, you know, when them days when they pull up music and the turntable make nice and the nigla make nice. And the, mm-hmm. That alone give you a, a euphoric feeling, you know, you see him? So when the man, I say, yo, the place a bust. The power then when me even get into the clash, me never even, them power they are bigger than in, in the clash. Okay. So that's a no. I think Zool Palmer here, about me from this, and you know, I youth run on my way, you know, where them where, where time them say, them say, my the producer. So, I'm coming to Music Mountain. Take me from school one day and came to Music Mountain. Me and I youth named Larky Pang, mm-hmm. which is end up being Gullibop. Hold on. So, you know Gullibop from way back then? Yeah, man. Because I didn't even think, remember where we are, we're going to continue. I didn't really think that Gully Bop was an artist. I thought that they just found him after a while and then he just started to do stuff then. He's one of the baddest DJ um, as Larky Pong and, and later on, because you hear his talent. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the baddest. Like I, I, I distinctly, when they found him in the Gully, you understand? Because for years I was wondering, why am I Larky Pong? For years. I mean, never realized that him to change him name to most a countryman when you used to DJ with country spank. So for years, me, 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 me try because it's a youth where they rate me like me, me and the man Zool Palmer go up on the hill and he want me sing and him DJ go straight from Music Mountain where I walk from Stony Hill go to Music Mountain, which is like very far up in the hills. And him DJ go straight up on the hill and me and him sing and him a DJ and me always wonder why I'm to lock him on. Couldn't find him. Hmm. That's so wild. Just the fact that, again, he was doing his stuff, disappeared, and then came back after a while. That that's crazy. There. All right. Yeah. So you guys went to go record this song here now. You see him. You see him now. Left my country song. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. Mm-hmm. So I record a song, you know, and um, of course, you know, as an upcoming producer and an up, and an upcoming artist. So the money not there for really fund the 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 the, the project. Mm-hmm. So like a money was old palm, I see if I can use it to, to do the studio time and make the beat. Um so so after that, you know, the, the program basically parked. It parked the program because no money no daddy. So I went to my mom because we believe so much in the song. And I went to my mom and told her I was getting a visa to buy to go to America. 
<laughs> so everything I got changed now, mama. I go make you come out of the board house now and life I got different now because I go a foreign and I go find my brothers them and my sisters them because I have some brothers and sisters by my father's side that I've never met. Mm. So I go find them when I go foreign now and I go, you know, I go, I go get rich because them days they are things that once I get on a plane and reach a foreign, is a better rose. Yeah. You understand? So, um, you know, she reluctantly, you know, lend me the money. And I took the money, you know, after my pressure for quite a while. I took the money now to Zool Palm and to, 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 to mix the song and cut the stamper. So he mixed the song and when he went to cut, cut the stamper, the, the song, they mixed the higher too high in the song. So it couldn't cut. So the youth now done a dynamic song at time, I think his name is Simo. Um, where, where the man, the bass player, the master, the, 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 um, the, the, the record, the, the, um, the song, cut the stamp on master. Like the master, you know, you see them have no, that started out, I remember that from dynamic song, we have to make sure so everything is, you know, have a balance, everything have a balance. So the man warned him and said, yo, this can't cut, you know, if it cut when it play upon the sound system or upon the radio, it's going to noisy because the higher too high. Yes, I remember back in them days, you know, the tweet and them thing they have a tune. And the horns and all of that stuff. Everything, everything. So so anything off, it like a pick up in a, in a, in a, the tweet of them, or in a, the top end. You see? So um, so the pro, the, the, the Simo, I think, Simo, I think I Simo, I don't want to call him name wrong. People know me at all, though. He him and say, yo, be careful. And he actually never cut it. So he went to Sonic Sound because Sonic Sound had a similar um, plant. Mm -hmm. So the youth of Sonic Sound say, he will cut it. So when he cut it and he get the record, buy up the rec and press up the records then, and try to play it on the sound system exactly where the person at Dynamic Sound tell him. No so everything, everything flap. Hmm. Okay, so what name do you record under at this time here now? Them time it was... Uh, um, was I, went, I think them come sprang in them time because I'd have a lot of bumping on my face, so them that come sprang at school. So it was kind of basically a, 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 a try out different different names. <laughs> I think it was prangy. I don't I don't quite remember, but I think it was prangy. So we put on the record. Are scary? What are scary? Are sprangy? One of those names. And then how did that how did that project do for you? It flat man. It couldn't play up on the sound system or the radio. Mm -hmm. Okay, I go get a radio man and, and the radio man say, yo, it's noisy. <laughs> so then the money that you invested, your mom's money, blew, blew up. up. Everything is gone now. Blew up, brother. Blew up. Big time. So so the fast forward to, 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 to years after, you know, hanging out at studios with like, with, with I remember um, discovering Pickout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Picot was one of the one of the, the, the producers that took a liking um, to my sound. Yeah, um, that was like years after after singing on Smallack like sound system in Big at Big Yard because I came back to live in Kingston, mm. and um, I used to sing on the sound system that my cousin owned Small Axe. So I used to see the players, them and the pinchers, them and and all of these great artists came, you know, you know, you know, and you know them perform on the sound system and mash up the place and it just was just like inspiration to me. Mm. Yeah. So I'm um, years after I met Pickout. And Pickout believed in me and he was like really, really every day I, I used to hang out with Pickout now down by dynamic sounds because Pickout now he was like hustling to sell 45. 
when the people them come from country to buy records, you know, you have people like Pickout, who used to hang out at um, Dynamic Sounds and Tough Gang, Tough Gang and um and and these 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 places, these pickup points where where where, where um record shop um, owners would come and buy records, and then you see, you know, these these producers like a Pickout, they would like try and sell these people records straight from the car. So I used to like just watch pick out them doing that on a daily and him, him believe in me and try record some song with me and some cover songs. Mm-hmm. So it never really um they never really go anywhere still. Yeah. Pick out was a big label. That's the same one that had like I think Ninja Man, Tinga Stewart. Yeah. I think Wayne Wonder did some work over there too. Yeah, I think he was the first one who recorded Pliers. I was he was the one who gave Flyers his first big record. Mm-hmm. I think my love is burning. I think that was Pickout's record. Yeah, for sure. That was it. And there was some more songs on that same juggling right there also. Yeah, man. Okay. So then now, did you get your name Mr. Vegas at this time here now? Not yet. I, I think um it, people <laughs> I think it was it was a toss up between Clifford Smith, um some people that I, that I was trying to um you know get attention from musical attention from they were like Clifford, like my brother, my brother in Tamlins, Carlton. Me and him used to have like quarrels, like mm-hmm. I must use my right name. You know, so he used to be like, you know, Barrington Levy and these people are using the right name, use a name. And I was like, yo, no man, that, that, that's an old man name, man. <laughs> now I go work on the stage, B. <laughs> we bring on stage Clifford Smith. <laughs> I just couldn't see it, but him, 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 you know, he was bent on like, you call yourself you're right, name on you, shame on your name, your father gave the name there, you know. You know, and um, it, I think we used to use Scary or, you know, one of them names there. It's just like so many different names. You know? Okay, before we even gloss over this part here, you say your brother was in the group Tamlins? My brother is is is, is in the group Tamlins, Carlton. I had no idea, boss. Yeah, man. Okay, <laughs> so, so this is something that runs somewhat in the family then. Not somewhat running, running, runs in the family big time. Music. Who else is there? Any other family members that's in music also? Not at um, I wouldn't say it's as successful as Tamlin's or, or or myself, but like Sandy, you know, that sings with Alba Rosie, and she's a recording artist as well. Um, you know, so we have family members who are doing music, but maybe not at the level that we are, are at the level where we are at. Got you. That makes sense, sir. All right, so you're trying your stuff out at Pickout. You're DJing, singing on um, Small Axe Song. So what's the next move after that there? After after the um, trying to break at Pickout, um, around Pickout, and that didn't work, I think Pickout left to, to, um, left to England. Yeah, I think Pickout left to England. Um, and then my brother, Tony, I was in the military. He, 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 um, he left the military, and he... Um, he went overseas. So he came back and he he, he produced um a few covers with me. Okay. So I was I was basically a part of the production. I I pressed the records up, recorded Paned on, on one of the beats. What? Yeah, man. So my brother Tony and I would basically, you know, recorded Paned um with a song named One Up. Right? Mm-hmm. Because he wanna give the, the, the beat. A little bit of um, 
you know, you know, attention. You want, you want um, to put some strength on the rhythm. We, uh, so to surround the project with with other artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and um, we recorded Panet, and I was the one walking and and, and walking and selling Panet record and my record. So when I went to like, you know, I started doing the same thing that Pickout was doing. You know, have the record them, you know, in a bag. When the man them come from country and them they are tough gang, because I'm not letting us inside where the people them come to buy the record from tough gang or inside where they buy the records from dynamic sounds. Mm-hmm. So when the, the, the people them come from 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 country, or the record shop man them come to buy a record on Fridays, records on Fridays, I would try to sell them some records so they like the panel. You know, <laughs> so it something started the local producing thing, selling records. And then that didn't work out now. Mm-hmm. And my mom wrote me a letter. Mm-hmm. In the letter, she basically said, um, oh, I'm wasting my life away and I'm going to end up like a crof and so forth and so on. So I was kind of, I, I understood, you know, but then I, I really understood what she was saying because, of course, me take her money, go, 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 go send me, I go a foreign and... <laughs> <laughs> and I know me can't reach her and I know she can't send a visa not, not mm-hmm. and this is like years after so when she wrote me that letter when she wrote me that letter of course I left music and I, op- I opened a cook shop okay really whatever she said to you had really touched you you said you know what let me try something else because this doesn't seem to be working either yeah man yeah man I, I left music and, and opened a cook shop and what year is this we're talking about now this would have been um Maybe uh, 94, 94. Because it was maybe about three years before I got the break in 97. Mm-hmm. So, so this would have been around 90, 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I went and I opened uh, a cook shop I called the shop Scary. Right. So I was selling basically like food, like lunch out of the shop. Mm-hmm. And um, after a confrontation with a, with a, with a, um, a chef that I used one day, um, and me and him had a, had a, had a fallout because, you know, people were returning their food because the food never cooked good. Hmm. So he came one day and said, um, you know, if I'm not paying him, he might chop me up. So I suppose that I gave the money the other day and throw it back, give me, because I never gave him enough. So I try to make him understand and say, yo, we never make no money that day. I'm still give you some money. I give you more than half of what I normally pay my chef. But my chef never turned up that day when I used him. Mm-hmm. So he had a cutlass in his back and I had a knife now just cut up some chicken. So when I, you know, I see like him a dip for the, the cutlass now, I, I chuck on him with the knife. And somehow the knife cut him on him hand. And same time police are passed and see the man and I believe. <laughs> <laughs> What's the chances? As, as soon as the man get the cut, the police are passed and, and see the man and I bleed. So they grab me and Carry me down to the, the, the camera around to the Patrick City Police Station. Then later transferred me, um, subsequently transferred me um, to the um, Hunts Bay Police Station. Mm-hmm. So it was at the Hunts Bay Police Station now where, you know, they had me in a cage in the night and the next day they, they took me down to the, 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 the jail where all of the bad people and they know. So I was like, yo, this is like I live in hell, you know, the, the smell and everything. And so when I reached the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the jail as them start asking if me have my rent and them thing there. I say, you have your rent? And I say, I don't have no money. And the man I say, hey boy, you come to the man place and you don't have no rent. <laughs> so then the next man say, um, bring him over here, sir. 
So when I went over to the, when they dragged me over to the next cell, I'm a youth now named Kirk from Dwayne Park, from, from, from Brook Valley. Was in jail and annoying. So he, I just hear a man say, No, man, how are you, man? He's a singer, you know. Hey, man, how are you? He's a singer. A good youth. So a man jump up and say, Singer? You know, long we want a radio. <laughs> wow welcome welcome to the big house first he first it's the rent you don't have no rent you better could sing but even prior to that even prior to that before you know, I, the, the person somebody somebody dragged me over to the, the, the cell where kirk was I, I later found out that it was kirk that said how are you right but when, when I reach, like the man, they must say, Yo, you have a rent. And next man, I say, Yo, see a six inch, see a six foot fan here, you know. You know, that means you have a spin popular and them thing there. <laughs> you deal with you rough in here, boss. So I escaped that now because the youth now named Kirk in the jail and identified me and said, Yo, man, how are you? Think I sing. Mm -hmm. So when I went into the jail now, a man says, <laughs> you know, long water radio, me done. <laughs> I said, radio. Man, I said, yeah, man. Man, say, you see that? You see right there? Just climb up on the grill and just start singing. So I climb up on the grill and the man say, yo, mind your bow up on the grill, you know. Be a piss, man, piss on that, you know. Mm -hmm. See? The man say, sing, the man. I wear the shy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Holy smokes. Oh, you said the man a singer. I don't sing at this man. Somebody just said, just take these chains away and set me free. Release me out of bondage. We will all agree. Whole jail start mash up, man. Now you're you're doing something good now. Yeah, man, the whole jail sound much. I couldn't stop singing. I sing until I can't talk. <laughs> you're the radio boss. So as a man, as a man stress out, so I just hear a man say, Muan go on me. And cause some bad Muan go on me, where, 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 yard. Yo, where the singer there? Yo, yo, drop a tune for me, yeah, man. I have to climb up back on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I say, yo, stop, I miss me, girl. What is singer there? Wow. Jump up, up on the grill. Oh, I know what seems to me. Caught up inside our dreams all my life. Bring all the tears of sad memories. <laughs> Couldn't stop singing. Yeah. So it was a lot of Sanchez style that you were you were singing. Yeah, man, music. definitely, definitely. That was like my idol growing up, like just the way he was able to um the the the, the um the oh, his voice was clean. The, the, uh, the texture of his vocals is like I've never heard internationally and, and locally. I don't think there's any singer outside of Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, that you know that that the texture of their vocal. Um, Tevin Campbell have, you know has that as well. Mm -hmm. That just naturally the vocals and, and the pitch. You know, where 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 his range, his range is incredible. Crazy. Okay, so you're here. You've now become the radio inside a jail and stuff. So how long were you actually, were you locked up for? Um, one, I was there for one day. Okay. And, um, in the night, I heard Clifford Smith. 
Um, you get bail. Uh, pack up your things, them. So then the whole jail was like, you are the singer, left, you know? And a man said, you any man mash up jail must bust. I remember that distinctly. A man said, any man mash up jail must bust. Hmm. And, and that basically was, 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 was the catalyst that, um, that, 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 that started the movement of me getting back into that, that jail. That's why sometimes some disappointment is, is, is for good. Because prior to that, I was just basically focusing on the cook shop. Mm-hmm. So the next, that experience in jail, it like it revived, you know, the 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 the, the, the person who I was born to be. Makes sense. So you came out. You came out now. Still, did you get this name, Mister Vegas, yet, or you're still just a singer? No, I didn't get Mister the name Mister Vegas yet. Okay. Was, people used to call me scary. Some people call me Scarface. Yeah. Okay, so then now when you came out of jail, what was your, your first movements then? I went back to the cook shop um, and, and you know, I was trying to, you know, struggle with, you know, should I close down this thing and go back at the studio? So one day I was in the cook shop and I was singing because I come out of jail fresh now, just mash up jail, so I started singing more. Mm-hmm. So I was singing in the cook shop and a car passed. And then, I saw, you know, I saw the car reversing. And a man pushed out the middle of the car and said, Walk this boy. Come out of the cook shop and go to the studio. Crazy. Anthony Red Rose. Wow. And did you ever meet this man before? I don't remember where I, I met Red Rose. Mm-hmm. But somehow the man just reversed the car that day. And that's just, that was it crazy so all the signs were there you got it when you're coming out of jail they said listen anybody that could do this in jail you could go outside and do it and then you just happen to see anthony red rose yeah that sent you on your journey yep i was just in this cook shop because i used to just and you have a factory down 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 the, 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 the um a few feet away from the uh the cook shop where the i used to i used to serve them lunch mm-hmm. yes i used to cater to them so of course you know they, they, they enjoyed, they, they were like, you know, you can sing it. So that encouraged me. And I, I always like singing in the cook shop. You know, when I, when I came back from jail, I, you know, I just let it, I just sing. And then some girls start giving me the eye, you know, <laughs> I'm start sing more. So it's like me, I sing loud one day and the one red rose I pass. I don't know how him hear me. Man just reverse the car and say, walk this boy. Come out of the cook shop and go to the studio. Crazy. What was the move after that then? I ended up at Big Ship. Okay. I ended up at Big Ship because my niece now, she, she, she um, a brother named Noel Brownie, I try to look her. <laughs> so my niece now, somewhere uh, mentioned me and tell me something, you know, she knew a man named Noel Brownie around a Big Ship. Freddie McGregor Studio. So I'm going to Noel Brownie. Yeah. And he promised that he was going to record me. Mm-hmm. So, but I was there like for days, hanging out, hanging out for days and nothing. He went on tour with Freddie McGregor, came back and I was just like there, you know, you know, waiting, waiting and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Until one day he came back and he, he called me and he was like, sing with me, Ariel. 
när han sa det, singen har manipulerat lika bitar än i livet, än i Goebak. Så den har gjort en ingenjör i studion av Jeremy and Ford. Jag tror att det är Ducky Simpsons son. Mm-hmm. Black Uru. Ja? Han nu vill ha rhythm för Dan Youth. Så jag skriker när det studion och jag hör det rhythm att spela. I den Freddie McGregor studio. Så jag hör det rhythm att spela och jag hörde att jag hörde det rhythm. Och jag sa, I heard she sang a good song. I heard she had a style. And the man look up and say, yo, that sound good, eh? Go on in the boot. <laughs> German. My friend him said, go in the boot. We sing the song. Yeah. And Daniel came, because it's Daniel him making the rhythm for. Okay. But Daniel came to the studio and the man said, no, sir, look at you. Let me just make him sing for the rhythm. He sang bad, you know. And I said, let me hear it. And Daniel turned and said, yo, bad, you know. Now I'll do a combination on it. So then first jump on, first yeah. combination now. Yeah. For your, for your career. Got yep. you. So then you now jump on it, the, the song. Cha-la-la-la-la-la-la. Hot girl, them a big dress. Da-da-da-da. Now see no girl style and go for la-la-la. And him start. Him press up the record. Zin. And me and him up on the road now. Kind of a song now with Wayne Wanda. Excess amount of loving. Mm-hmm. So you got to, then you got to do the um the, the Red Stripe tour. A Red Stripe had a road show with um um Brick and Lace. Yeah, that time Brick and Lace was the whole the, 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 uh, like five of the sisters. Eh? So Daniel and me up on the road now, and um, he wanted me to sing um the we and one part and excess amount of loving. So I would sing that and then we sing Killing Me Softly as the combination. So me and him start go country and in place and him start, you know, call me up to sing the song, the, the, the way in one part, then we sing Killing Me Softly. Zin. So I just know me start get, you know, more interested in the music and feel like I like a thing out for Guan. Mm-hmm. And then, then he recorded um, Beanie Man on the beat. Yeah, so he start get some traction now. They start, you know, I in a house one day in Patrick City and a bus a pass and I just hear, I heard she sang a good. I was like, yo, <laughs> me that on the radio, you know. <laughs> yeah. A different that, feeling. Oh, that was one who, sorry, go ahead. No, you get a totally different feeling altogether. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that basically start, start, um, you know, change everything. Like, like my mindset start changing. Now I kind of feel like something about to happen. Mm-hmm. Seeing, so um, Daniel you now took me up to Jeremy Harding. Yeah, because he was recording for Jeremy, mm-hmm. and and there was that was where I met Sean Paul, the man, kid corrupt, the man, Daddy Gun, the old Dutty Cup crew. So Daniel introduced me to to Jeremy Harding. I didn't get to record on the first project that that the project that Daniel was recording on at that time. But it was just the fact that I came to the studio and I get to know Jeremy. Then he took me around Weepo, run a, run a Stone Love. And Weepo heard me singing and, and liked m- my voice. So Weepo made me sing a song on um, Love Bump Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Every time. Seeing? Where everybody thinks it's Sanchez. Back then, everybody thought this song was Sanchez. 
If you look on YouTube right now, you see the song every time it's a Sanchez. That's wild. Right. Because everybody, even Weepo, you know, people were telling Weepo that, yeah, man, a Sanchez tune the body, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when we even make it sound more like Sanchez, mm -hmm. Tony Curtis came in the studio and did the harmonies. And, you know, it's, a, it's like a similar vocals to Sanchez. Yeah. So, so me, I was looking at Sanchez sound and Tony Curtis doing the background for the song. So it start, it's you know, it start playing at, in you know, in the club then with 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 the Sanchez song because Sanchez, Sanchez had a song on the, on, on on that time for you, mm -hmm. for you I give on the same rhythm, see? I mean, me the panel say, who girl, it's been a long long time coming. So everybody has said, a Sanchez sing the two songs. That's so after that whole singing vibes, you know, seeing a youth named De La Soul now from, from, from Brook Valley. Um, of course, I look, I look a movement, I go on, my name start mentioning other sound system circle, maybe, um, based on, you know, the, the, the Danute song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I actually sang last night on the same beat, too. You know, so I have two songs on the rhythm. So De La Soul now want me to do some dub plate and he want me to get some other artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying, who you can get who you can get some dub from? And I say, yo, um, you know, so I meet Cabra and him real cool. So I can ask him for you, you know. Seeing and I can get Danute. Seeing and I can do two tunes for you. Mm -hmm. The two tunes I have because, you know. So I'm giving me the, the, that cassette and of course, I get the tune them. Zane, we get the tune them. So me I plan now to go back to Della Soul now with the with the that cassette. Give it. And of course, you know, him that give me a little thing. So are you now we come from foreign? You know, he's a he's a family member of of, of some of my family, but not my family member. Mm -hmm. By you know their mother's side. Seeing him knows the man just walk up to me and say, Where did that cassette? There? So I was like, which that cassette? The one that Della gave you? And I said, I never get it from you. And me and Della business that. So by me, he says, I walk with the man, just use a piece of iron and just lick me across my face. So my job was basically shattered. I'm saying? Shattered. Tell me they are Patrick City. Okay? Yeah. So, okay. So, listen. So far, you got cut. You went to jail. You shadowed your jawbone. Yeah, okay. man. And this is all before you really took off in music business. So, all of this here is going to happen in your life already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's continue. So, after he, he broke my jawbone, that time, the only person I really knew in the music, them time, that time I hung out on a um, Weepo. Um, run a stone love because Weepo lived close by. So I used to just walk out a stone love. Um, so when my job one broke, the only person I knew in the music at that time, the bass guy who I could have called on it, like Danute. See? And, um, you know, I went down to the public hospital. Yeah? And they um, they wired my mouth and, and 
sent me home. It was it wasn't nothing for them to admit me or anything. I hear somebody say um, they, had, they 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 couldn't find any bed. People don't admit you if you have a broken jawbone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was why I'm out and sent you home. <laughs> yeah, so um, so a lot of fabrication um, on the story. So I went there and and they and they, they said, oh, your, your jawbone is broken after them do the X-ray. Um, so they wired my mouth and sent me home. Mm-hmm. But I had the playground rhythm that Jeremy Harding gave me. So during this time now where my mouth was wired shut, um, I was just there finding a lot of melodies on the rhythm. Yeah? Trying to sing through my, my teeth. So basically I was just like humming melodies. Um, unable to eat or anything like that. I just was there like music. So I had to be playing, had to be playing. And then I heard about a story about the same youth named Kirk was saved me in a jail. Was say our youth. Mm-hmm. I heard a story about him that happened in Brook Valley. Where him trick a girl with a with 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 a, with a, with a pair of Nike Nike Nike, Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. See? So the story was like a popular story that everybody was speaking about. The way oh him, you know, the craftiness. Mm-hmm. So he knew some form of artifice on the girl and you know. So I basically started writing about, I wrote about the experience you know, with Nike here. So Nike here is actually a, 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 a story from the same man in a jail. We met the man, them not, 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 not dealing with wicked. Crazy yeah. boss, crazy. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm going to ask you <laughs> at this time here now, did you have the name Mr. Vegas at this time? Yes. yes. Okay. How did you get this name? And what year did you get this name? All right. I don't remember the exact year, but the name now came about now when I was playing soccer one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not a good soccer player. You know, you're a Jamaican, you can't play football, you're like the biggest cruff. <laughs> like, you know, good. Like, you know, real things are dead if you can't play football, you're Jamaican. Like, yeah. you're not even get picked on the team. Nobody know how to play because you're going to lose the ball. <laughs> See? So, me, dead and no one, you know, me not play good. So, my cousin Leaford mm-hmm. that cost me. I said, yo, you play like a bitch. Yeah. See, and I say, Virgin. And the man started getting wicked for me. I said, yo, you come like the girl them up at Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody start laugh. Just like when yeah. you laugh. Yeah. See, I'm going to me alone now laugh. I say, yo. <laughs> Cry more and cry because everybody will laugh. Uh, so I start rebel. See? And everybody know. Every time I touch the ball, a man say, My ball, Vegas. So I just, just come off of the field. Mm-hmm. So the name basically, um, you know, stuck by me. So so after them keep on calling me, calling me, I start answer to the name. <laughs> <laughs> because you know you know already listen the more you fight it is the more yeah. <laughs> so just okay you know what cool okay so then originally it was just vegas yeah and then i guess as you when did you decide to put on the mystery now to daniel did that. Vegas? daniel did that mm-hmm. when i went when daniel discovered me mm-hmm. uh, when he was when dan when german introduced daniel to me same name vegas mm-hmm. right um the man said, Vegas, Vegas are one place. He need to make it more personal, you know, personified it. So he said, Mr. 
so people can know he's a person. Mm-hmm. So Danny would have the one and the misstep on it. Yeah. That's a good one there. All right. So then as you're saying, you now have the name Mr. Vegas. Don't have no real hits. You have some street stuff bubbling or whatever. You're, right. Cover song there. Yes. So then now you got the thing there. You got to Jeremy Harden and you have the playground rhythm. You're trying to you're trying to write your song on it, but your your jaw is wired. Continue from there. So um I I I link link cobra. Cause me get a link with cobra now when him do the dub plate for me for Della Soul. Mm-hmm. Right? And um Cobra, um I asked him to um to 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 to, to beg Jeremy to wait, you know, f- for me to get on the reading before I release it. Mm-hmm. So I called Jeremy and I was like, you know, Jeremy, more still while you're in the doctor for so six weeks. And when I say, him have to release the reading because being a man just vice. That is, would have been Zim Zim and all. Crazy. And the, being a man want him to come out because everybody, the, the whole place now, you know, stu- back in those days, people know a song hit before it leave the studio. From the record of the day, people know the being a man song is going to be a big hit. So the pressure, they on Jeremy for release the thing, and he wait for this like a one young singer, when nobody don't know. And he said, I can't hold it till next week, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just went um, to the, to, to, down to public, told the doctors that, you know, I have to take this wire out now, you know. The doctors were like, yo, you know, we can't take this, this thing out. You're more in a setback yet. The, 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 the bones are not, not, not finished here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, Doc, trust me. If I got change my life, but need them why I have to take out Doc. Boom, and the man bust the first one and bust the next one and bust the next one. And I went straight to the studio, same time, no food, nothing. Come on, I'm gonna eat for like five five weeks. Hmm. Right away, I jump on a bus, straight to Barbican. I show up at Jeremy. Yeah, man. And Jeremy put Jeremy say, You sure you can do this? <laughs> So he put he put the beat on, he put the beat on, and um, of course, when he put the beat on, I basically I sing through my teeth, cause my mouth still, you know, even though the wires them come out, my mouth still can't open as it used to open. Mm-hmm. So I was just basically like, my office is on in the air, and he said, you can't open it up, you can't open your mouth. I have a big pain, you know, crazy pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy pain. So I was like, one more office you only know the year. And I never get us from yet fee and I care. And it worked. That's crazy. And this is a song that changed your entire life right here. Yep. Yep. When that's when when that song came out, of course, when it just came out, I was not um I was not getting any plays because I was on the B side of the Danute's um, 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 song. Danute's on the playground rhythm too? Yeah, I'm on the B side of Danute's song. Okay. Because, you know, them days when the record come out, you have A side and B side. So I was like the version. Yeah, because that's generally what's on the next side would be the main song and on A, rhythm on, on B. So instead of German, if cut a stamper, an extra stamper for me. Mm-hmm. Him just use my song as the version. Yes, I. So you basically weren't even supposed to 
you were just supposed to come out and just be out. You weren't even supposed to get any play in the first place. Right. So no one even realized that I was on the B side mm -hmm. until I youth named Youthman Try from IRFM that play. He, he used to play a lot of young artists, but he had a late show, mm -hmm. late show in the night. So one night, you know, I, you know, I, this radio just happened to be on, mm -hmm. and I'm home, you know, and I just hear the man I wheel up the song like how much times? Crazy. What did that do for your career? Where did you start going now? Well, after Youth Man Try, um, I heard Youth Man Try playing it. Um, then I heard it on 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 um hits hits one or two. Yeah. Um I, uh, I don't remember what was the name of the station first. It's it's one or two now. I, I, I think it was Radio Two, I think. Mm -hmm. With Garfield Hamilton. Yeah. When Garfield Hamilton back in them days they, Play your song in you know, the Saturday morning juggling. You know your hat. Mm -hmm. You know, so I heard the Garfield Hamilton wheel up the song about 10 times. You know, it on the beanie man, he just play the beanie man and then play my song. Play the beanie man, play my song, play the Sean Paul. Mm -hmm. So, them three songs eh, just in a rotation upon the beat. And, and Nike, you know, I hold it, I, I, I play with the beanie man more than any other songs on the beat. So then it started to take off in the, in the dance. Okay. So Squeeze now um, was doing the, 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 was the one that played the music, played the music at the, um, the World Cup events. So whenever match I go on at the World Cup um, qualif qualification rounds, is Squeeze playing at the stadium. So Squeeze now, one of the youth from the sound system linked me. I want me to do the dub plate. Seeing, some say, Well, my wife is so no one in the air. You know, we have a Richie World Cup next year. Everybody know not the stadium, see the forward now, like the biggest forward. Following the rhythm, come on, burp, 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 burp. There's a chicken out, dying, dying, do trust me. But that's what the song, boss, Nike, your boss. At the, at the World Cup qualification um, um, round them. That's where you got the real big one. Because it seems like even your your ad-lib style, you kind of, it seems like Don Ute was a big influence on your ad-lib styles. I, I, Don Ute played a role in, in a, a big role in, in, in my, in my, in my um, upbringing in music. Mm -hmm. but, but those ad-libs, Came from Quenchade. Okay. Quenchade, because I, I, I used to sing on a song named Echo Rock mm -hmm. with Quenchade and, and a youth named Singing Sweet. We used to be like this, but Quenchade was like a big star. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I caught Quenchade Pandub. Everywhere you go, you hear Quenchade. Mm -hmm. so, so we thought Quenchade was going to be like, you know, massive, you know, in terms of like, Pinchas them and Sanchez them and them great artists they were run the whole place. Mm -hmm. He was that good. Yeah. But Quenched used to have a, a thing when he must sing. Um and um he used to sing um what he used to have a style and say something like that. And you know, it was just a sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, 
the day me I sing Nike here, me I write Nike here, me just hear it in my head. So me just add things to it. Chicken out, die, die, do. But if you listen to Quenched early song, my him basically was just, die, do. Yeah, that him used to say. He used to say, die, do. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it actually, it's actually from Quenched that, that whole vibe, that, that whole style. Like. Mm -hmm. All right. So you have Nike ear here bubbling now. That right there, you said it started to, you, the, the dub play played in the stadium, bust the place now. All right. What did that do for your career? Where were you going now? Were you voicing more songs or what happened for you from there? No, me, um, I did a song with Cabra, right, for a youth, and it came up, but it never, it never really took off big. Mm -hmm. um, and then after, you know, going up and down all over the place now, you know, um, me ending up see Goofy on the beach one day, Mr. G. Mm -hmm. And the man say, yo, Danny Brownie have a rhythm when just record and he's the baddest rhythm in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So I basically said, I have to get on that rhythm where Goofy tell me about, Mr. G. Mm -hmm. So I saw now I end up around a Main Street studio. Yeah, you know, later now to find out that Goofy, you know, you know was one of the one way. I encouraged Danny Brown to record me on the beat too, because I never know where I go on inside of the studio. But what I did was I went to Danny's wife and give her a beer joke at the time. You know, just tell her a beer story and give her a beer joke and say, Remember, you know, when you go home tonight, you know, yeah, man, just remember. Yeah. Remind Danny, say, if you vice and read him, you know, trust me. Hundred dollars, you're going to be getting if I have a vice and boss, you know, trust me, you're rich, you know. And, you know, after days, you know, you know, begging. One day I went there and she said to me, he might have vice here, you know. Yeah. And he called me mm -hmm. in the studio and he gave me the beat. And he said, everything done mixing you know, up as a chance me a gear, you know. If you can do it today, mm -hmm. just get the beat, everything. But you're the good thing now. Mm -hmm. When I went down to my cousin Kirky house, because Kirky have a, a thing where we can play the, 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 the CD. Mm -hmm. Right, I don't remember CD or tape them time, but whatever he gave me time, I think I'd see the car CD to come in time. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I'm giving the rhythm, and Kirk he had something compatible with, 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 with whatever he gave me. So, of course, as I put in the rhythm, so me just hear the melody from a song where I started writing around my niece, them when I was at you know, of a moonlight, where which we live. You know, I remember them come from school one day and I tell them about a girl with them catching school. I do something to a guy, a, a boy in school. So I'm there basically telling them to hold them heads high. They say, yo, on, 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 on make sure you hold their heads high, you know, and, and, and do no work, you know. Really. Mm -hmm. He said, just, just heads high and kill them with the no. I just said that. And something just rang. So me in the house now just start saying, heads high, kill them with the no. Just make a boy know you're not blow. It's I and kill them with you know. And we'll take it for joke. So when Danny gave me the beat now, and I went by Kirky's house, mm -hmm. we don't have the, the, the chorus. So when I listen to the beat, may I hear like, may I hear the mute I was sing, the, the, the rapper that was sing, meet me at the crossroad. What do you mean again? Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm -hmm. When I listen to the beat, I hear Bone Thugs and Harmony melody. You see? 
So I was like, yo, may I hear a melody because that, that is all me, my right music. Like, may I hear something? Mm -hmm. Some frequency. May I hear something in the beat where I give me a melody. In the rhythm, like, me can hear something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, mommy need something like that, man. And them time of the Bone Thugs and Harmony is a big song. Mm -hmm. So I saw out and I said, no, 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 you understand? Basically, a kind of way they call it now. You know? It cause it call, it call the whole frequency for, 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 for going away there. That's wild. So then now you have you have the um, Nike here. So then now this one here is the next big one, the heads high on the, that you've now recorded. So the first one was for Jeremy Harding. The next one is for Danny Browning. Um, Danny Browning, Main Street. Okay. Right, right. Who, who was at Main Street when you got there? Um, Mr. G, Red Rat, um, Lady G, mm -hmm. um, General Degree, Buccaneer. And those were some of the people that Maranjo was there, I think. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And they're established artists at this time already, or they're just all on the come Yeah, man. Big, big artists, man. Big, big artists. Monsters. And everybody recorded already on the beat. And I heard that Spraga Bangs was on the beat too. And everybody had talked about Spraga tune. Mm -hmm. See? You see the same thing I tell you that song bus before them even come out. Mm -hmm. So people are talking about the Spraga tune. You know, like me, I hear about the Spraga tune. I never even know what's up on the beat it there. You understand? Like I'm over squeeze and squeeze and the youth, them, the, the selector, them, I talk about the song. Mm -hmm. I say, yo, Spraga have a song. Body song. See? So when I go into the studio now, I run back, I put the verse them on the chorus now. See? I you the driver and come check me. Mm -hmm. Right? I you to in a music. The driver and come check me and him have a rhyme dictionary. See? So I said to him, lend me a rhyme dictionary. So I saw now you hear the rhyme them so tight. Skin your teeth, let me see it, show from your bones, so you never do it. And a freak, one man you keep, never yet complain, say so you're deep. Make your vow, yo, chow, chow, them things here. So I get some of them rhyme dictionary. Mm -hmm. Understand? That are the only part in playing of the song, my barium rhyme dictionary. Mm -hmm. See? So after I finish now, me and my cousin Kirk, you know, go back up on Main Street. Yeah? And went into the studio and Danny Brown put on the rhythm and say, you ready? Let me hear what you have. I'm going to start singing from outside and the man said, go around there. <laughs> Yo, when the man said go around me like me just feel even though I'm nervous, you know. Mm -hmm. Because everybody record already. The only way me can make this beat, you know, is if me call hard bridget. Second time now. This this the second not the second time recording, but no, but I mean as in this is the second time where you're like the last one in last one in the door. Yep. 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 Very last. The beat closed. Mm -hmm. Mix up and everything already. Mm -hmm. So when he sent me around here and I start chop it, man. Mm -hmm. When I finished, 
we needed an intro, right? And you know, Goro niya put on the intro. Na 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 na. Kill him with the, kill him with the, kill him with the. And Danny Brownie was going crazy in the studio, and him just stopped the whole studio and he said, "I'm a leader, ready, man." I need a drop. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this big sprag of Benzie hearing about is tearing down the place is about to come out as a monster too. But Brother, when the man said, I'm a leader with him, I said, I need him wobble. And general degree mm-hmm. said a real thing you're talking you know? mm-hmm. A true man. I'm sorry, I'm saying, a true you talk, man. A true you talk. Yep. That's wild. And what's the name of the rhythm? Just Filthy. so everybody's... Filthy. Yep. That had the degree. It had the Spraga, the U. It had... Basically, everybody was on that rhythm. Their crazy rhythm that plays till this day. Yep. Yep. Anthems. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what year was this here that you recorded? 97. 97. Okay. So then now you have two songs under your... Two big songs under your belt now. What happens from here now? Billy Slaughter went to um, Miami. Mm-hmm. Came back and said to me, your song mash up the wall of Miami last night. The song that he released good yet, you know, December, this song just came out. Mm-hmm. And the song already bust in Miami. He played it at Spirit Nightclub. Mm-hmm. And um, came back and said, yo, the song mash up the whole club. And two weeks after, I never, m- m- um, I discovered Richard Stevens introduced me to um, uh, uh, Murray, that we, that became a manager, mm-hmm. brother named Murray. And um, in no time, you know, I was I was on my way to Miami. It like it's just the quickest turnaround. To go to the same place that but you. I like my mom about the visa. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quickest. I got passport. Bam. And visa in, in, in record time. That time um Weepo was 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 playing a significant role in my career because Weepo was the one who got me my first write-up. He even sent me to vice training Weepo. Okay. Yeah. Um so so at that time it was, you know, like I was transitioning to let Murray manage me, but Weepo was like my my, my um my godfather. Like I him a guide thing. Mm-hmm. See? It was like the, 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 the person we, 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 we really talked to about where the next move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember he getting he, 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 him getting me a write-up in the, in the X News. And then the song went number one. The Nike song went number one in the X News. Back in those days, when you, when the song you know went number one in, in any one of these charts, it was a big thing because it was based on record sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Balfour Henry had it in his chart, the Stars chart. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that and I had heads eye. So when I reached Miami, perform at the Spirit Nightclub. Mm-hmm. Plus I did have two little things I can sing to. So me I sing, and me I sing two of the Sanchez thing them too. <laughs> <laughs> so me get up a nice little shoe on the whole plate. When me draw a Nike here and heads eye. Mm-hmm. Mash up, mash up, mash up. Then I came back to Jamaica and performed that sting. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Leng wanted me to do a performance with Dan Youth and Sean Paul. Okay. For the Starlight segment. So I declined. 
I said, you know, with all due respect to Sean Paul and, and, and Daniel, but tonight, we need to make the people them say Vegas. So, I not do it unless I get to sing as Vegas. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because my energy kind of different. My energy is more like a like a you know, vibrant person on stage, run and jump over the sun, swing me hand and go on with beer things, and it's a different energy. Did you learn the art of performing at this time here yet, or you had an idea of how it goes? Had an idea, but I think it's 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 something that is in it. Mm-hmm. You understand? Um, I just think that energy, the you know, the frequency when music hits you, you know, you know, everybody react different. Mm-hmm. You understand? So I just wanted to do sting by myself because I knew this was going to be the pivotal moment to launch my career upon a major platform. So I was actually in the Starlight segment. Mm-hmm. So after they called up Dan, um, Sean Paul, Sean Paul performed, they called up Daniel. Daniel went up with Sean Paul, actually. Yeah. And then I went up by myself. And that was that was a breaking point. That was a good call. What year sting? This was Sting 97. Yeah, you see the trick with Sting. It's like, listen, because that's one of the last shows for the year. From you go, you do Wicked on Sting, that's it. That's it. You're gone for the rest of the year. Yep, yep. That was it. Okay, you said you got your second hit from over at Main Street. How come you didn't sign with Main Street? Because I went to Richie Stevens. Because call it Brownie. Danny's wife. I think I think I think she wanted to me to sign my publishing to to, to into Main Street. Mm-hmm. Right? Um or I either her or Danny. Or Danny. Um so I went to Richie because I was thinking about letting Main Street manage me. But of course Main Street had their acts. And again, I wanted to be, you know, a solo act. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a part of a, a crew or a, or a group. I wanted to get my break and then I can build my own community. So when I went to Richard Stevens, Richard Stevens told me about Murray. And, um, you know, I later saw Goofy, Mr. G, and, and, and he confirmed that Murray was a good person. So Murray started managing me, managing me right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I was basically the only act. He had at that time, so more focus could be placed on my career. Where, you know, you know, the planning and everything. We were going around doing school shows and going around Jamaica, just driving around. Me and Murray driving in his little white car, all over Jamaica, all over Jamaica. You know, sometimes you know, me have to watch him if I go drop asleep. <laughs> so I hold a conversation with him, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure him not drop asleep. Mm-hmm. But we went all over Jamaica in that little white car just to spread. Um, the name and then Richard Stevens recorded, but everywhere I go, but everywhere I go, but the them does that's why me while me starring at them show. So, me have another song now with the two songs, them now, but and that I play hard on the radio. So, when we got like the country place, them now that shot. Mm-hmm. And this is you're continuing now, you have your three songs here. Was a thought of an album or anything in your mind at this time, or you didn't really think about that yet? The album, I didn't, I didn't um, think of the album as yet because I later on recorded um, "Hands Up" for Richie D. Yeah, on the faith, on the faith rhythm. Tell me how that came around. I saw Richie D. He was trying to get some bigger artists on the on, on, on the rhythm, and they were turning him down. 
Mm-hmm. And he had Tony Curtis on the beat, and I said, let me hear it. And he played it, and I said, book the time. And he booked the time at Penthouse. And I said, you have to give me the money, man, my good man. Hmm. And I just went to Penthouse, and I don't know where the melody come from. It just it just happened. Just hear it, not the beat again. That is how, that is how, I think that is one of the reasons why I have lasted so long in music. Because, and if you notice the modern beats, nothing against you with them because they might hear them thing, but the beats that steely them and the Danny them and these people used to produce, you could hear something in the beat that 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 basically gave you or dragged some melody out of your out, out, out of your out of you. You know, you just it's just, there's a melody sitting in the beat if you can identify it. And it's many, it's just not just one melody. But if you can identify it, mm-hmm. well, because those beats used to be more musical. Mm-hmm. Right. So 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 that was the fate. Cheng, cheng, cha cheng, cha cheng, 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 cheng. It just melodic. <clears throat> That's crazy there. All right. So then now you have three, no, four big songs. All right. What's going on for Mr. Vegas at this point in your career right now? Plus, you've met your manager, which is, did you guys create In The Streets together or he had In The Streets before you got there? We created In The Streets. You guys created it. Right. Your first artist, he's the manager, only you two alone doing your thing. Yeah, we created In The Street and he started, um, he was selling records before um, before I met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So when I met him, you know, um, I think he, he started doing more of that because he was selling you now Vegas records in, you know, in his in his in his office mm-hmm. and other um, artists that he worked with prior. Yeah. So now we have the industry label, and I wanted now to build, you know, you know, a package with other artists. So I started working with Chico. So if you look at the early stages where you know Chico used to be the one that I called on stage. If you look at um, Sting 98 and those shows, you will see me calling up Chico. Because I wanted to build now this community, like a shocking vibes or like a main street. Yeah? So we started having artists coming around now. Yeah, started producing Chico, bringing Chico on the road with us. But Chico um, subsequently got signed to Dave Kelly. That's where he basically ended up. Because if I remember, I don't remember Chico actually putting out a lot of songs on a Dave Kelly rhythm. I probably remember right. two or three. I honestly think that was a mistake, and I told him. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stop him because that was his dream to be a part of Dave Kelly's camp. Because one thing with Dave Kelly, when Dave Kelly records you, you know, chances are you're going to be, you know, you're going to break mm-hmm. bigger. Because of course him have the like him have the 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 the, the, the radio, him have Kalinines. So when Dave Kelly record you know Kalinines, I go play other song there a hundred times for one day. See, and they, they, them days it was like three four radio stations. So you, you, so I think he he was you know more leaning towards that, um, and not believing that we could have you know you know you know you know get, get it done. Mm-hmm. Run, a, run, a, um, run a in the street. So Did you something that I blamed him for still? I hear you. Did you actually ever record any music for Dave Kelly? No. When um, Dave Kelly had a broke out with him, I had heads I had number one. Mm-hmm. And Nike here and everywhere I go and hands up. Mm-hmm. 
But I was recording a lot of songs. I had Sweet Pineapple for, 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 for Colin Fattis and um, Colin Fatta and I had Shines, Big Things at once. I had a whole heap of songs now, you know. All of them were not monsters, but of course, you know, new artists, I may have enough songs, you know. So, of course, go check Dave Kelly. We weep outside, me go check Dave Kelly. Me and Nico Bam Bam. Can Nico Bam Bam know what the rhythm for play over fully loaded? <laughs> so, when we reach around here you now, the man said, I don't give weep out my rhythm, you know. Because we put this name, lick over my rhythm. Because we put the muscle build back a rhythm <laughs> when Dave Kelly did do um, prior to broke out rhythm. So, me get caught up in the middle of that. So, Nico did a begging the juggling because they might play over fully loaded. See? And he said, he talked to you for the singer, you know. And the man just said, I mean, I record the singer. I mean, I really like skettle artists, you know. Record too much song, man. <laughs> no idea. Because today I was trying to think, did I ever hear a Vegas on a Dave Kelly production? And I could not think of one. No. Nope. Actually, I wrote Jacket for the rhythm. Some gala raffle up on a dip. Me them who are figgy jacket. If you play a broke out rhythm, I'm sing that it fit on it like a glue. Just by hearing the rhythm, I think me don't know how me hear the rhythm, but I mean I remember go around there with the with the song. Actually, you know how I heard the rhythm? Mm-hmm. Prior to even that, Bunty Killer. You know, called me over Washington Garden and played him song for me. Yeah. I'm a DJ, the body sound is not the world. On the broke out. On the broke out with him. Yeah, because he had two on the broke out, or it was one on the broke I think it was two of them. Yeah, I believe my eyes. Yeah. First time I heard it in Kami over Washington Garden. I'm going to check him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he played for me. Then time I met my career going nice and everything, but just by a car and drive, go check him. I'm prelude. Everything's yeah. nice. Okay, so then you guys have your your company in the streets. You have Chico. You guys are trying to build your entourage, your camp, your set of artists and stuff last year. So then what was the next move? Chico left and went to go sign, sign with Dave Kelly. Right. What was your next move? Um, no, we just started working on the album for Greensleeve. Mm-hmm. A brother named French, you know, come, come to Jamaica. A white brother. You know, and talk part and say yo agua man say yo which white man this <laughs> <laughs> so him now get involved in the project now mm-hmm. so vp i try sign me and frenchy carry me over green sleeve so i start hearing stories about vp and them appear royalties and all them things are from artists you know and um because i start doing some research and start asking questions mm-hmm. so I didn't want to go to VP based on what I was in the narratives. Yeah. So I went to Green Sleeves for the album. So I started collecting the tunes them that I did for like Richie D, Shines them, you know, and and you know, compiled the album with some new tunes. Mm-hmm. And um the album was released, you know, um, I think it was 98, 99. I think it was 99. Mm-hmm. 
and um, it was it's it's still one of the the, the best selling albums from Green Sleeves. Hedge High album. Yeah, the best selling album. Yeah, no, that's classic, classic, classic material there. Because even this year, when did you and Sean Paul really connected? Because you said earlier you went you went to the studio, seeing him there. But when did you guys decide to okay, let's sit down and record a song or some music together? One night I was up by Jeremy Harding studio, mm -hmm. and uh, a brother walked into the into the studio yard, and he said something about. Um, Man, some man a fight over a woman, something like that, or something the man saying at the studio yard. Yeah, Mr. Sean, you know, the man just say a while ago. No, I said, Dan Youth, excuse me. I said, Dan Youth, you know, the man just say a while ago. I'm bad idea that, you know. Mm -hmm. We could do a song like Coco Tea and Shabba, Wish One I Wish You Love. So Dan Youth said, Go and work on it, work on it, go and work on it. And I said, Yo, the man a lazy man, that me say in my mind. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Sean, you know you're the man just a while ago. We could work on a song together, no? So I start sing. Chila la 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 bum bum chile. Hayanai boka hot girl today. La 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 la. So I say you are gonna come in now and you're gonna try to take out the girl from me. So I saw now this the, the, the song came about. So we, we, we finished the song, me and him write the song, write the song in a Jeremy the same night after the man came in the studio and said something. So then we Flabba now. Flabba wanted Sean Paul to record. Um, and he also wanted me to record, but I think he more wanted Sean Paul. Mm -hmm. So I went to the studio with um, you know, he called me at the studio, to the studio at Tough Gang. But I have the number one song in the country. And he wanted me and Sean Paul to do a song. So me and Sean Paul have the hot girl today song that we just wrote last night. So we are telling about the song. So he must say, yeah, man, he want a combination, but he want to champagne more money than me. So I say, why can't I just bust the money too? Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm, not, I'm, I'm just an artist with like two number one right now in the charts. Jacket are number one. Um, heads I just left number one because me, I use number one song, I replace song, you know. So you you were between you and Sean Paul, you were the first one to break on the ground, but not internationally. But you were the first one to get the hits. I broke internationally before Sean Paul. You did too. Yeah. But it was close because I know if what I do remember is I remember a tour with Vegas, Sean Paul, and probably Ali Cat or some somebody that came to Canada. Right. But it seemed like you guys, if you broke internationally first, it wasn't like it was either months or probably like a year later where Sean Paul got the break. No, it was long after. It was long after. Yeah, man. Based on the time, maybe when you saw us um, mm -hmm. in the show. Mm -hmm. But Heads Eye was in the, 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 the British charts mm -hmm. and the Billboard charts in 99. Mm -hmm. And Sean Paul came in the early 2000s with Deport Them. So then why would, if you're the bigger artist at this time, why would they want to give you less money and you're even willing to say, let's go 50-50? It was, and, and it, it I, 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 then it felt like it wasn't just about the money anymore to me. So I was like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. So we didn't do the combination for Flabba. So Flabba would have gotten that combination. Maybe it wouldn't work. 
You understand? But that was like, yo, we can do the song of a flabber and it fit the beat and everything. Mm-hmm. Right? We make him hear the song and everything. He must say, but you know, he want to give me less than Sean. I may say, no, brother. We can't bust the money. Why you can't give me the same thing we have Sean? Mm-hmm. So I say, yo, stop, Mr. DJ. Sean Paul, I go around and steal it. So I went around Steely, and Steely had the street sleeper rhythm. So I run, I walk in the studio and I hear, bruh, nah, 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 chink, I said, Jesus. So I start singing in the studio. I start humming. And the rhythm, I go with that. Let me tell you, it's like, it's, it's like it make for the rhythm. And the man hear me, I hum it. I stop the, stop the, the, the music. Mm-hmm. And look around for me, but still is a man who faced him, and then if I cuss him, I go cuss me through me at home. Because him well, he will run out of the studio, no matter who you be. Mm-hmm. So him stop and he goes, sing that again. He said, Look at you, where him get you from? Go around there, go around there. I said, John know that you know say that song with me and Sean Paul. We can call him, you know. Mm-hmm. You see? And him said, no, like I can't argue with Steely, I'm gonna run you out. So I take a chance. Cause I know say if Sean Paul come on the song a problem. And I now go do it, even though I know the lyrics and everything, I now go do it by myself. Mm-hmm. So I say, because I just do it and just sing Champagne Park. Competition of big one because of me first. So I the girl, I could just barb it up and just deal with wicked. Mm-hmm. And still eat a piece of food. But I say, please, Dad, I tell you, you say, if you hear him, you go record him. Mm-hmm. In bad, it's sound like super cat. So we wait and wait and the man say, yeah, he's not nah, coming. I say, he's not coming. So I cash him. I say, yo, where are the dad? So I finish up voice for Flabber. Because I'm still back and I recorded the song for Flabber. A song for Flabber. Mm-hmm. Right? So long after Sean Paul turn up. Yes, I. So I listen now, Steely get to know. Steely and Cleavy get to know Sean Paul. And me came around there and basically, Steely a load up because Steely cost people and them things when they might take long for record. And Sean Paul is a man who take him time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I said, DJ, no man, I saw him still don't. Don't, don't come out, him good man, him good. And record the song. So me and him end up now shoot a video for the song. So I saw now, me and him start doing some shows at Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So then, um, Violet book a, a, a tour. Yeah? And um, Maurice said, yo, we can bring Sean Paul Vegas and somebody else. So a piece of that tour that you would see. Mm-hmm. Well, that time it was Hot Girl Today Alone, Sean Paul had internet, but that was an international tune. Because during that time it was like it went into the Billboard um, R&B charts at number five. Okay. Right. And the Vibes magazine rated it as one of the top 50 um, best um, collaboration of all time. Of all time or that year? Of all time. And you guys are basically two. Well, you have a year or two in on it already. And Sean Paul's mm-hmm. a brand new artist, and this is what they're giving you guys as artists already. That was when the song went into the the the, the, the um the Billboard R and B charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. 
So then where did I, everything... I think, it was, no, I think it was based on the hip-hop reggae scene, though, basically. Like, like th those days, it was, they wouldn't say dancehall, but it, it was more linked to the genre of hip-hop or software. Yeah. That, makes, that makes sense, because, yeah, there wasn't really... No like the best, the, the, the top 50 record of all time. Okay. Yeah, but like, maybe Caribbean music or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then where did you and Sean Paul start to go from there? What started to take off for you guys? I, I basically um, started evolving in, in, into a bigger bigger artist. I, I was in the, the, the pop charts in, 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 in England, started in the top of the pops, won the MOBA Awards. Um, so I was like traveling more all over the world and stuff like that. Sean Paul was still doing his thing with Jeremy Harding. Mm -hmm. So when um, VP did not take the, the Street Sweeper beat, the, the compilation, and I asked Greensleeve to take the, the, the compilation, so Greensleeves took the compilation um, and I asked them to sign Sean Paul. And Chris Cratnell didn't like how Sean Paul's own. Didn't think he was going to be a big star. So Greensleeve passed upon Sean Paul initially. Passed on Sean Paul. So when Sean Paul got his contract from VP, I basically... Begged him and said, Yo, make sure I lie. I look at the contract and them thing there, you know. And I said to him, Yo, don't make VP collect the songs them from the producers. Them. You go collect the songs them from the producers. Them. You understand? So maybe it's a good thing, the, the, the Green Steve thing never work out. The same way I, I asked them to sign Cecile. Green Steve, I was like, Yo, you have a girl, she have a boss, you know. So I recorded a song with Cecile, the Macy Gray song. Mm -hmm. You know? I tried to say goodbye and I choked. I tried to walk away and I stumbled because I was in England when the song around the place. Mm -hmm. So I come back to Jamaica and say, yo, my boss here, you know. So I recorded the song and I went to England and I played the song for, for Green Steve, Chris Cratnell, and the man said, ha, 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 ha. Vegas, you must be sleeping with this one, mate. <laughs> 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 Years after him signed him signed Cecile, he might have to pay more. He might have signed our publishing and signed all kind of things with that, but he might have to pay more for me sign our to tell him he wouldn't have to pay so much. Same way I begged him to sign Sean Paul. Sean Paul can be the biggest thing, but it happened for the right reason because I worked with them and they didn't they didn't have the the the, the, the power in America like they had in England. Mm -hmm. VP was more powerful in America. So that was a choice that I, I made. Um, and I was willing to take that risk of not blowing up bigger in America because if I if I had went with VP, then I would have been bigger in America because them the focus more upon the, the, the radio stations them here in America. Yeah. So I was basically doing more promotion and stuff like that in England where Green Steve was based. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I went into the the the, the, um, the British charts, top twenty. Because Greensleeve's power base is in the UK. So then anything UK, Europe, Africa, anything on that side there, Greensleeve will get you into. If you're talking about North America now, North America and Caribbean. VP. So maybe I, I um maybe it was not a wise business move. Uh, maybe I would have made more money. Maybe I would have been more popular. We don't know. Anything could have happened. Or maybe I could have been stopped. You know, in a contract. 
that's a crazy thing. You never know. You just know what did happen. You never know what might have happened. Facts. All right, good. You record your album, you're touring, and you're doing. Why do you think somebody like you broke into the international market? What was it about your sound, your style, your your music? What do you think it was about you that had that appeal? Clarity and melodies. And it's just, it's just, I, I discovered that um, people like to sing along mm-hmm. to, 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 to whatever they can from a composition. So I was trying to make the songs, um, you know, something in the song that you can remember, something in the song that you can sing along to, something in the song that, um, you know, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna find yourself singing, and you don't know where you get that melody from. Yeah. So, so that was what I discovered. So when I when my songs plays in in playing play in the clubs, if you pull the needle down, heads are here, kill them with you know. Yeah, chilla la 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 yeah, boom boom chile, you know. So it's always something I always try to, you know, implement something in the composition that people will it's not all the time, because sometimes the beat is not giving you that. It's like I am blessed. I just know that people are gonna sing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm soon ready to get to there. I'm not ready for I am blessed, but we're getting here just now though. All right. So you you're doing your stuff. Everything is good. At what point in your career did you and Sean Paul's relationship get time kind of strained? This 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 happened. They started with Steely and and, and Steely from Steely and TV. Mm-hmm. Because Hot Girl Today, um, VP did not have any control over the, the song, and they, they signed Sean Paul and they wanted a single. Mm-hmm. So because they didn't have any control over the song because they didn't take the compilation from 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 Steely and Cleavy. So Greensleeve had um the, the owned the master for that song. So um Steely called me and, and said he wanted me to sing over the song on, on the Punani rhythm. So I said to him, if I'm gonna do it, you have to give it to me for my album because I'm working on my second album now and I start learning the business now. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically sticking up one of the, the one of the, the, the biggest producers where you can't really give steely them type, type of talk there. So I take a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm say, you know, big man, if me I go do it still, you know, you know, me go want it for me album and I'm say, yeah, 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 man, yeah, man, yeah, man, everything good. But I did not know when I you know, you know, did the song over, I changed the master to a new master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I recorded the song and um, they sent it off to VP, I guess, to be Sean Paul's singer. So one day I was in the airport and Sean Paul um, came. I think we were we, we were going to Panama. We had a show in Panama, me and Sean Paul. So he showed me the, 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 the 12-inch. And when I looked at it, it says, Hot Girl Today, Sean Paul. So I said, where's my name? And he grabbed it back from me and said, Yo, blow star. So I was like, I don't understand why, why, you know, why them left me off of the record. Mm-hmm. So I'm some voice still upon it. I <laughs> say, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I came back from Panama, I went, um, I remember going to New York and I called um, Christian from VP. And I said, yo, I'm not giving any permission to release my um, vocals because prior to that 
And prior to prior to them signing Sean Paul, if I can piggyback a little bit, mm -hmm. they were they, they they pressed up an album, a Headside album to release with Vegas, VP. I was doing some work with Tony Kelly, and the next thing I know, that an album is coming out with Vegas, and I had no dealings with VP nor Tony Kelly about this album. So this brand new album is coming out next week. And I have no deal. I don't know where this album come from. And I don't know anything about the dealings or nothing. So um, I told him I was going to sue them if they released the album. And they, you know, kind of gilled me, Christy Bob, everybody tried to talk me out of it. And I'm like, yo, I already have an album, Heads Eye, that Green Steve just put out. It's doing very well. And of course, Chris Cratnell called me and think me, me, me involved with the, the VP project. And I go against them after them done, give me an advance to put out my album. So I was like, I don't know nothing about it. So me, I go straight in the relationship now with Green Sleeves if I go with the VP project. Mm -hmm. So I basically go for loyalty then. I say, you know what, you can't release it. Because I could have negotiated and said, give me 100,000. And release it because that is better than the two hundred thousand where them have got this try because they already shipped two hundred thousand records, and the record just entered the Billboard charts. So I went with loyalty. I was like, "Yo, no, 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 can't release it." Mm -hmm. And they yelled me and like, like them can, and I was like, "No, you can't." So I get a liar. So I went with loyalty with green sleeves. Years after, of course, you know, Green sees them. Sure, say you know you have to look for yourself, look look after yourself in a in a business, because they ended up selling the company to VP. Mm -hmm. So I was a fool. So it's like you ended up, <laughs> you ended up exactly where you you didn't want to be in the first place. You ended the same up. Same man who used to call me every morning, and the man who begged me to, Chris Cracknell who begged me not to. Put out the album. I was like, I don't know anything about it. And he said, I have to do everything. The man promised to be a liar for me. Mm -hmm. A few years after when things start slowing down, you know, artists got through different lull. I couldn't get him on the phone. Would even take my calls. Yeah. And, and then I look up, pick up back and you get him on the phone again. So I started learning the business. I realized, say, yo, it's a business. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, and I remember Robert Livingstad said to me one time, when me and Sean Paul was, was, was going over the whole thing, Robert Livingstad said, if you had a good manager, that situation could have been fixed. So if I had a good manager, that situation with VP, when they pressed up that album, maybe maybe that was something that would have propelled me into, into a, a, a better situation. Anyway, I think some form of vibe was, was, was carrying from there. So, Yeah. So when the Hot Girl Today record, when I did it now, when I re-recorded the, the, the song, and VP put it out, they took off my name. So I called Christian and said, but well, you can't use my vocal. You take off my name, but you can't use my vocal. When I use Sean Paul part alone, I'm not going to me and him write it. So what am I going to do? So I said, all right. If we're not going to release it, I want it for my album to them. So they can't give me it. So that's how the problem starts. So I said, when I put out something without my permission, when I can't, when I can't get to me for my album, I want to take off my name off of it. So Sean Paul linked me and said, I'm going to do the music video. Mm -hmm. I'm going to link me. 
See? So, I said, all right. But we do it. Because now, of course, they must have put my name if they do the video with me. Even though my name is not dependent. Remember, I say, me and the man. Remember, I say, me carry the man to, to steal, you know. I mean, I wait the day for steal the record of the song, you know. With me and him. Me and him do the video together at Jamaica, everything, you know. So to see my name not on the record now when they're ready to push the record international, you know, it kind of messed up. See, that advice magazine don't rate the original as top fifth, top 50 um, best combination of all time. I don't remember if it was reggae combination of all time or hip hop, you know, watch over John. Mm -hmm. See, let me correct that. So I called Christian and I was like, yo, you can't release it. If you're not giving me for my album, and say, can't give it to me, not give it to me. So, them do the video. Sean Paul promised him I'm going to call me. I'm going to hear from Sean Paul. I call him, and some, like, somebody cut off the phone. So, the phone went dead when I called back, the phone dead. So, I realized I'm get punked. So, I start rebel. So, that one of the first time I rebel in the music and people burn me out feet. So, I'm a bad mind. Because me get taken off of a record of me and somebody built, and I me get the and me the people them chastised. So I think based on the type of person that I am, I think I pay the price in being a, a, a good business person, a person where I, I try have something out of music. Like, you know, what am I gonna show at the end of the day? Yeah? You know, I'm, I already was loyal to, to, to Greensleeve and him dumped me. Dump off the wall of my catalog over to VP. Yeah? Same people. Then. So um that that was what caused the vibe with um and 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 something happened during that time. And I wish I I did um I I, I had handled it handled it better. Mm. When uh, I remember one night we were quarreling about the situation at, at um I think we were at Pegasus uh Hilton Hotel. And Jeremy Harding was there. And Jeremy Harding, um, I don't remember what he said. And I told him about his mother. Yeah. He said something about, we don't need Vegas on the record. Can't take him off or something like that. But I was real upset of the whole situation. And I I think, I don't remember if I told him about his mother or I called him a, a, a P word or something. That was not good because the man that we had promised really, no matter the circumstances, that man that really made somebody, made the, made the world know. That is something I regret. One of the things that I regret in my life, the night when, 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 when I said that to Jeremy Harding. I think that strained, further strained the relationship with. But I did, I did, I did see it as he was a part of the sellout where my name not upon the record with me and Sean Paul. Fim Studio, we, we write the record together. You know, he was dear in the night when me and Sean Paul were up on the record together. So I mean, they feel kind of betrayed. You see what I say? And then for hear him say, no, say, but we don't need Vegas on the record. Or something to the side. That it kind of hurt me away. So I me, me disrespect him. But no matter what him did say or him did do, I can't extenuate. Right? I can't extenuate, excuse me. You know, you know, why would I say that to him tonight? Because I have to remember, say, yo, if I never Jeremy had the moon to sing Nike here. Mm -hmm. You see what I say? Yeah. 
it's it's wild what happened what really happens behind the scenes and then you just see somebody say something up front and then you don't know what the whole buildup was in the back end in the first place for you even to get to this public display here all we see is the this going on here but we don't know what happened back there because even with you you and champa had the rift then so then how did you guys come back together to do the um here comes the boom with dmx for it was in belly right that was done before it was done before that was done before the the, the, the fallout we did here comes the boom after hot girl today mm -hmm. um um we did that tony kelly set that up mm -hmm. Tony Kelly set that up with um with with with, with Hype Williams and to, to, for it to be a part of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So Tony Kelly called us and said he had um something to do for um with DMX. So we ran to the studio and you know he had everything you know ready to go. So DMX just walking and just you know that's how close me and Sean Paul really was still and um everything could have been dealt with differently as as I said before Robert Livingston said something key to me he said if i had a a, a a manager at that time that played a role in 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 the whole thing that was going on it could have been handled differently you understand but of course everybody did i learned them time there with a group and testosterone a while and you know so of course now we get older and i realize that things could have been dealt with differently what was just trust it just just imagine how you feel when you wake up in the morning, you put on BT, and you see, you hear your, your, your voice, but when you look, you see some girls that mimic you in a video, and your name now come up on the thing. So, and you know, say so you're part of the project. I'm like, yo, I really feel like them betray me still. So, it was just because the paperwork couldn't get straight, is why, is why you couldn't get involved with that record there? No. Mm -hmm. The, I think VP did not want Sean Paul and Vegas to be just the same way like oh, when we were performing at Sting and I wanted to like perform by myself. It was a business move. Mm -hmm. and, and it was a good business move. But as me, I said, we grew up now and we understand because we understand it from a business point of view. You see what I said? And I, and I think if Sean had reached out to me and said, yo, this, this is the situation, they might going to drop my project if me include you, you know. Me just said, go and go eat your food, brother. So you can always come back and record a song with me. So I may say, if somebody, if, if we didn't deal with the thing more, we didn't need, we didn't need somebody to sit with down mm -hmm. during that time there. We as the artists, because I know same that feel bad to if me, they do the same thing to him. If Green, if, if, if Green Sleeve had put out the record and take off Sean Paul's name, and put it out as just Vegas alone. Champal, I feel bad too. Mm -hmm. And then shoot the video without Champal. After we pay with money at Jamaica and make our own video itself and we promote the record together, we go up on tour together. Then we know same that feel away too. But me more, I guess me more emotional, I guess. Yeah, my personality kind of different still. If you betray me, I think I'm going to really hold back anything, which is something maybe me need to work on still. Mm -hmm. You see, the thing, the thing with you, Vegas, is this. You seem... Clearly, you're intelligent, all right? But it's sometimes your emotion seems to get the best to you sometimes. That's why if a lot of people don't realize who Vegas is, you almost come across as a troll, especially on social media from time to time. You understand? Even right. though sometimes, to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, 
I think that's even a calculated move on your part to tell you the truth. We're <laughs> <laughs> you want to be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Here I am. I'm the bad guy. It almost feels like that, but from time to time. Is that yes, no, maybe in between? It, it is mostly yes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. I am an entertainer, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm always promoting myself. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what anyone say, says. Um, Steely said to me one time, out of sight, out of mind. No matter how much hit songs you have, if people don't see you, they forget about you. Mm -hmm. Until they hear your song play. They might say, oh, that, oh, and the artist there. Because if you check the era that I broke and all the other artists that is from that era, it's me alone people, you know, talk about the, the, the amount of times when they talk about the era there. I guess, not to toot my own horn. But that is a strategic. And I and I encourage other artists like Degree and the Mute, they say Degree, they say, yo, if make a presence, you know, you know, you know, people sooner. I'm going to present available, um, myself available on social media. It's called social media. It's a different era we're in. Make people soon and, you know, do some live and play on the music that people can soon. Mm -hmm. So the same thing to Nadine Sutherland, you know, that people remember and now they can put a face to the music. Yeah? The other part is, I think, being the bad guy, where everybody want to kill another movie, everybody in another movie want the bad guy dead. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that because it basically is 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 a fuel. You see me? I say, where where we know say yo, I have to work harder. If everybody like Vegas, Vegas maybe not work as hard as what him should work. Mm -hmm. you see me? I say, if everybody like Vegas, me not go think say yo. I'm I'm trading stocks. I mean, if you make two million dollars that year, yeah, so we can have things, so we can say, yo, this is where me day in a life, you know. So only way attack, I only way bond me out, which part only day in a life. At the end of the day, am I taking care of my children? You know, are my children gonna, you know, be able to go to university and have a better life for me? Never have a group in a board house and no television and cursing eye lamp and outside kitchen we am running to go bathe in the rain and running on my mother with a pot of porridge and, and 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 got third degree burns right burn up the whole of fear hand some is that life i want for my kids no i want to be able to be able to leave a legacy for my kids whether monetary or whatever you understand so them now if get kicked out of nobody's house like how i used to be kicked out of people's house our people are saying they don't want nobody at them house. They don't have to ask nobody for bread. So it, it actually is something that motivates me when, you know, be, especially if I know that people will glorify rapists and murderers. But if I say something, they will more chastise me. But the same people them will glorify rapists, murderers, and drug dealers. You understand? And, and pedophiles. The same people that were born out Vegas, them, them support pedophiles hmm. openly. So that means that all my affidavits work hard and, 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 and achieve my goals, them finish school. I've, I've never graduated from, um, from, a, from, from any form of school. Okay. I left school before I, I, could, I got the opportunity to graduate. I left Unity Primary before. 
you know, I reached the graduation stage. I left all my knowledge before I reached the graduation stage. So I had to put up myself in school. You understand? And, I, and I'm doing a great job of, um, of re-educating myself. You see? So at, at least I can graduate and show my children and say, yo, your daddy do it at this age. You don't have no excuse. That's interesting because especially having this conversation with you now, I really have a better insight of how Mr. Vegas thinks. You understand? Because if you see a little half hour rant to Vegas, you're, you're just hearing the rant. You don't really understand what's in this man's mind, why he's acting like this. But me getting a better picture of you, as I said, I understand the movements now. I 100% get it right now. All right. Because somebody like you again, you brought up another name because <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's the next for you, Mr. Vegas. All right. Yeah. Bounty killer. All right. How did that whole situation come up? Because as you said, he called you, you went to go check him, go listen to a song in the car and stuff. How did it get from there to where you guys got to? Still asking the question. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. I've, I, I, I have an idea that it started over Sting, where I was actually bigging him up and somebody from him circles came on stage and said um, I was dissing him. But if you look back, if, if you listen back to the, the, the Sting show, I was actually bigging him up. Mm -hmm. it, it happens all the time. I just big up somebody else the other day. And when I look, I see a video out there with the person that chastised me, I try get a buzz from it. The, the, the dichotomy is... I can do an interview and speak about my music and you will be able to identify or you can, you, you can um, see the picture. Mm -hmm. you, can, you, can, you, can, you can get a good interview from me without calling even the artist that you just mentioned name. Mm -hmm. I can give you the history of Mr. Vegas, where I'm coming from, and I can um, show you where I have entered the Billboard charts the, 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 the real billboard charts over six times. Mm -hmm. I recorded uh, um, songs with Black Eyed Peas, um, Beyonce, you know, DMX. We're going to talk about that Beyonce just now, but continue. Right. So you have to understand that um, it's, it's just the way the business is, I guess. Um, but but some, some things are just some things I don't have any answers for. But, but as I said before, the dichotomy with me and, and, and our other artists that you interview, they have to basically call another artist's name in a negative way for it to go viral or for the interview, for, for somebody to watch the interview. I, I, I don't want people to just watch the interview because I called somebody's name. Or is another mix-up? Or is another gossip? Or where I'm saying now and... You understand? I can't do that on my page. Yes, I'm saying. I can't do that on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And but one thing I, I I encourage artists to do though, we are big people now. And if you um, you have a problem with me, maybe me not even know so you have a problem with me. You know, I'm one of the easiest person. Me give me give out my number for me for me for me for me live them. Reach out. We are like big people now. Me and Sean Paul we talk all the time. We understand now, say, yo, VP is a business. Green Sea was a business. We just get caught up in the middle of a business. And we never know if we just make it the business flow. 
Let us eat the food. You understand? So, many of the artists them that you see out there um, calling up other artists' names, they have never reached out. Just reach out. If you have a problem, reach out. It's like a man tell me, say, a man been going around saying him right heads eye. Mm -hmm. And that man never called my phone yet and tell me that. Never. And I'm like, but at least if I me have the problem with, because if me and you write a song, bro, I'm going to like register my share of the publishing. Or I'm going to call you and be like, yo, welcome to my share. It's like, it's like when I recorded Hot Walk. <laughs> when I was recording Hot Walk, um, I was in the studio and two producer youth, I don't remember the youth, them name. But I remember them in the studio and they, I was singing something and they said, no man, try this. And they gave me um, two lines, I think. When we did the original split on Hot Walk, it was just me and Murray. The youth them reached out to me, um, I think years after, or months after, and they were like, yo, artists, you know, say, we, 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 we should I get something out of the publishing? I'm say, oh, I'm telling the man, when did you do that? And they tell me and remind me, I'm say, yeah, man, what I mean? Maury, this, um, I'll take less of the publishing. And them name, them, if you look at my heart, what now you see them name? I never say, yo, you know, go away from your son, come off my phone, I really. Them could have the go around and tell people, say them, them write hot work. Mm -hmm. You understand? Me and Richie Loop, Richie Loop wrote a song for me, um, 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 Hardwell. Hardwell is like the number one EDM DJ at the time. Mm -hmm. Named Badam. Richie Loop wrote the song and Hardwell linked me to sing the song. Right? When they did the publishing split, Richie Loop felt like he should have gotten more publishing. And I was getting too much publishing. He never go around and say, yo, I'm me, right? The song and them give Vegas too much and the boy teeth me publishing. Ray, ray, ray. He reached out to me and said, singer. You know, some things that I should get like, more publishing than Mr. Singer. I'm to you, man. How much more you want? It's done. One time, broke it down. Yeah? If we can go there, sir. Mm -hmm. Suka first. Produce, broke it down. Build the rhythm for broke it down. I didn't like it. I went to Titimus. I said, I, tell you, I said, I want something more melodic. I want something, I want a beat where people can dance and I want a different, I want people can identify the beat. Titimus built me a beat and I said, no man, that I will go on now. I don't want that man. I want to change the sound. I don't want to do like what Stephen them do. Hmm. It sounded like a Stephen McGregor rhythm. I said, I want something where the girls them can dance to. He built the beat, recorded, broke it down. I picked up the star one day, saw Titimus burning me out. What Titimus have burning me out now for? My teeth in publishing. I'm a teeth in rap. I said, style me up the wickedest of ways. People start side with him and I burned me out too. Guess what? His share was sitting there. Because I did not claim his share. Look at the record right now. Go in on the internet right now. Type in, broke it down. You see my name and fame name. Done. I just tweet him. Bro. 
Y'a bon mi ont bu froid. A style mi up. My youth, you know, so you share sitting there. A you for do your work and know, so you link up your publisher and sign up your share, bro. Mm -hmm. Because I thought he knew the business. He's a man who had done music before me. I don't hear nothing after that. It never have to reach the star, don't it? Just the same way, I'm going to take up my phone and call and say, Tito must move your bill a beat for me. Take up your phone and call me and say, What am to my share? If you would think so, you write a line or you give me a line in a head side. Take up your phone and call me, don't. Ain't it so? Makes sense. And if me can justify, I say, yeah, man, are you to get a line there for you? Even if, even if you just in the studio, I'm going to give you like 5%. Same thing with pull-up. Mm -hmm. Pull-up went, Pitbull actually, because people don't even know that is my record actually broke Pitbull. No idea. People was basically struggling. Look at John, everybody trying with him. TVT, everybody trying with Pitbull. I bought a, a cut of the Cooley dance reading from Scatter because everybody said that the, you have some artists, I won't call any names because we don't want that be the reason why people watch this. Some artists said, I'm not go up on a reading with me, Depan. So they blacklist me. So I'm blacklisted by VP Records based on the situation with Sean Paul. And I'm blacklisted in Jamaica from half of the big beat, them, the, the big producers, them beat. So the man them said, them not record pan a rhythm with me. So I get me go up and do all the rhythm. When when them go up a lengthy, when them go record lengthy you now, take off my song. So my song no come up and do all the cool dance rhythm, them them, them, them no warm up on the rhythm. Right? Many other rhythms. Fire links rhythm them, them say no warm up on the rhythm. One one of the artists say me in a melody. So fire links them can't put out my song. Right? This artist singing a everybody melody and say me in a melody. Right? Anyway. I say, alright, that's not going to stop me. Because obstacles, me say you just have to work harder to get over them. And the victory is sweeter when you get over. Because them go to jump over it fast and never realize that they must make better use of what they gain. But through me work so hard to get over the obstacles them. Me, me reverence when I achieve See? So I bought a cut of the rhythm from Scatter. And I recorded Pull Up. See? So when I was in the studio, this little youth in the studio, we can sing. A youth named Wayne Anthony. Mm -hmm. Right? I said, sing this. The vibe is right. Ladies getting wild on the dance floor. See? So we're in the studio. And this singer Wayne Anthony in the studio. So I said, yo, I want something else on the song. Because I really record the song and everything. So the black key and the jump top with the girl at the have to pull up and run front and right. So I said, I need to sing something on the beat. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So me and him and Zeke in the studio, and somehow the melody come up and him, him get on the song. I give the man a piece of the, the publishing. Years after. Like years after, bro. Like over 10 years. I saw Tony Kelly. Yo. We and, we and Antonio are out, you know. 
Say for what? Man, see a rabbim star. Say me? Rabbim? Yeah, man, the man say no game nothing after the song be. He said, we had to about Tony. Time Tony start working with him. Mm -hmm. I said, Tony, go play your computer. <laughs> Who for name that? The man publishing is sitting there, bro. Imagine the man publishing is there. For a song we got billboard. You know how much money that, bro? I don't hear about nothing. <laughs> so all the girl you go around and slaughter me. You have never reached out to me. You reach out to me for everything else. You know if you find me, me I'm one of the most accessible person. You have not reached out to me. Yes, what I say? Sometimes I'm in the studio or something, I write a song and I'm just here. I can be here writing a song now, you know. And I say something, I say, no, I don't like that part there. Mm -hmm. We're going to try it that way here. You may come 10 years and say, yo, and me help write that song there, you know. And the boy, you know, give me no publishing, the boy rap me, you know. Maybe if you just pick up the phone and say, bro, you know, say, remember the line there when I put in the two, I feel like you should have given me something, you know. I say, what you mean, my dad, man? That, that one line, they make it it, you know. See, a 5%, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, bro, and me, I tell you, these, these things um, happen all the time. We're people, we don't practice how to communicate with each other, bro. We rather go take a part, we rather get an interview and slaughter each other mm -hmm. instead of just reaching out. Just like all the youth, they reach out to me for a hot work. Yo, singer, Ray Ray. Just like all Richie Loop reach out to me. But when you know right mind, you know, say the man write the song, and me have less. If you do with the, the compose with composing the song. I mean go tell the man say, come off my phone, my man. I want to tell you. I want to tell you. Me give the man what I'm saying what, bro. Because you must you must value the man value him work, bro. The man value him work and know him worth. Mm -hmm. So if me can't give you all the way you see I want, I mean so me, me say, all right, here we go. I meet you halfway. Or three quarter way. And we good. You see? Simple as that. Okay, so it goes back to what I was saying in the first place, where because you're the bad guy and the troll, it could be a situation where he feels like, okay, the bad guy, the troll, is not approachable. He's going to do bad stuff. Nine other people said he was he's a bad guy, so I'm going to be the tenth and just he's a bad guy. And then the Mr. Vegas hate train is moving at full steam right there. People used to be afraid of Steely. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I wanted a hit song. Mm -hmm. So I had to approach him. Mm -hmm. We're talking business, bro. You understand? No matter how hostile a person is, where you think a person is, mm -hmm. or you hear a person is, if you have not had that experience, you're only assuming that you're going off of somebody else, um, someone else, someone else's account. You understand? Mm -hmm. So I, I think 
me being on social media, socializing, we used to do that on the corner every day. It's just that we have our internet, we have internet now. Don't it? And we, and we come up on the social media live and we talk and we talk. The same things that I speak about on the social media. Mm -hmm. We used to talk about them things in the studio yard and we still do. When we come together as brethren and them things there. It's just that now we have a wider audience. So just like when we come and say something about Minister Hall, we that they say the same thing if we're in the studio yard too. Among ourselves in the studio yard, we just have more people now involved in the reasoning. So it's not even like troll because 90% of the something we may talk say it's not even it's not even a joke if you look into it because I'm always manifest. Let's go through this last issue before we get into your songs and get you out of here, okay? What in theory has us sitting here right now today was the Hawkeye interview I did. We're just gonna call it plain and straight. I called you out on that interview. I know, I know that I seen that live. Somebody tagged and, me and I and see it actually it actually. I actually feel feel justified in doing so. Because I like the way how you challenged me just now mm -hmm. on on the um sister sister hall sister hall's um situation. Mm -hmm. And um you actually asked me to explain myself. Mm -hmm. I think and and because I watch your program and I and I realize that you're an in, in, you're an intelligent person. Thank you. I think you can pick up and call people out on bulls, mm -hmm. so on BS, yeah? So when I was watching the interview, I was like, um, why wouldn't he ask him to explain um, some things that he was saying mm -hmm. in, 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 in the interview? And the reason why I addressed it, because... I've never walked around and, and speak about anything that I've done for anyone. So okay. people were always saying that I did nothing for anyone. However, this situation is different. Why is it different? Because this person that you interviewed, the person that he's speaking bad about, that man passed off. But that man is one of the most honest person that you could ever find in this music business. And Richard Stevens can testify to that, bro. That man taught us how to make money, how to save, how to make use of whatever we earn, bro. That man distributed records for Don Carleone, all the great producers in Jamaica. No one has ever said, and they can all testify to this, bro. Byron Murray. Mm -hmm. No one in the industry can ever say or will ever say outside of that person that you interviewed that that man was, was dishonest, bro. He did a little drinking and you know sometimes some people drink and they may say things but it's not going to be or it was never about hurting you or being dishonest to you, bro. For someone to say that man um, did not want people to book him if they were not booking Vegas. It's one of the most hurtful thing I ever heard someone said about another person, not even about me, about another person that helped them in their, in their journey. Okay. Big time. Okay, so then this is the question. 
Why do you think he would feel like that then? Who, Murray? No, Hawkeye. This person? Hmm? Because, let me, let me get to that in a minute. Okay. This person said to you in an interview, I was the one who was taking him into the pop market. Mm -hmm. Am I right? 1,000%. But in the same interview, the person said, Murray did not want me to take him where I was going. He said, the same artist, they don't want to take you when they're going on the road. But now that he got the break, the manager want him to take me on the road. But he just said to you prior to that, I was the one who was taking him on the road. So why now he's going to say, I did not take him on the road in the same interview, in the same. It wasn't taken on the road. It was, you took him on the road. Yes. But then there was some issues with, with, um, issues with after you guys were on the road. I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is it doesn't make any sense for someone to say when we were going on the road, we did not take him. Mm -hmm. But the same person said to you, I was the one who took him on the road. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the real, what, what did I take him or did I not take him? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That was what I had a problem with. Because if, if I say to you, oh, you used to feed me. But then I say, oh, but when I'm eating, I don't give you food. Then you, you're, but you, I just said, you see what I'm saying? Now, on the part that you're talking about, something happened on the road. What happened was, Maury did a double bookings. He booked for, a over, for an overseas promoter and he booked a show in the country. When he realized that he did a double bookings with me, he promised the promoter in the country that he will send the whole camp to fill the void because Vegas has a show in America that he didn't realize that Violet booked another show because Violet was the agent. Mm -hmm. So to, to let the promoter, you know, you know, feel at ease and, and continue and, and, and keep, you know, still hold on to the show. He gave the promoter the whole, the whole, the whole crew, except Vegas, including the same artist that you're talking about. So they went to the country and the people them realized Vegas was not coming and the people them started rushing them and wanted to beat them up. So they come, they came back to Kingston and I was in the office. I, I had nothing to do with the double bookings, bro. I'm just the artist. So the, the guy is going to say to Murray and everyone in the studio in front of me, Alizade, all the artists in the studio, Murray, I don't want you to book no more show with me and no money no. Now he, say, he says he was making a joke. But that was the argument. So I said, all right. You reach now where you are, reach in life. So all right, Maury, don't, don't show it me and him. That is how the story went. The man said, him no want Maury book because me never go country. But me never have nothing to do with it, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't the one who booked the shows. So when he said that, I said, listen to me. You think you reach? As long as you live, you will never get to where I'm at. And I said, Murray, you know what? As a matter of fact, me now nah go Trinidad with him. 
Because you have a little one song a play now and you think you reach. So you got to tell more, hey, more, I know why you book no more show with me and a man, you know. Because I don't go country. But I never have nothing to do with it, bro. So I say, fine. You reach. You don't need me again to carry up on the road. So do it your way. So now that them reach a point in life where them look back and realize that they don't reach nowhere in a life. And I am still working hard. Them I try and look somebody for blame for them downfall. But let me ask you a question. This was in the early 2000, 99, 90, um, 2000 down there, so down there, so. If we were the problem, or we were the reasons why you did not get anywhere in life, what happened when you left? You went and recorded on the biggest dancehall rhythm of all time. You were on the duality rhythm. When I had nothing to do with you. When Murray had nothing to do with you. You were on the biggest rhythm of all time and your song was in rotation everywhere. This is, a big, this is your biggest song. Am I lying? Truth. Your biggest song, you found that song when you had nothing to do with me and Murray. How comes you did not make something out of life with your biggest, who, you, who are you going to blame for that? Who did not want to do any shows with you? Who told promoter then that if I am not on the show, they can't book you because we were out the picture, bro. Do the maths, bro. You recorded your biggest song that anyone in the world will know you. They're going to know you for that song on the duality rhythm. Because that is the biggest dancehall rhythm of all time. What happened? Let me tell you what happened, bro. Talk to me. Some people just born workless. And when they realize that they mess up whatever them could, or them dreams, or whatever them could achieve in a life, them have to find somebody to blame because them shame for tell you, say, they didn't do a good job of taking care of them affairs. Zoom J, song on the rhythm, was not as big as this artist that come tell you about Murray. Send a book not sure if me not upon it. And Zoom J, is doing very well. And Zoom J don't have half the songs or a quarter of the songs that this artist has. Do the maths, bro. So again, why Mr. Vegas then? Why you in particular, if there's so many other, no, I'm lying, wrong. You know what, take that back again. Why Finger? Why would, you took offense to this whole situation, not because your name had been called in it because it was Murray's name is the right. situation. And I guess he's not here to defend himself. So you figured I'll be the defender of Murray. That's why I called out this person that no one um, remembers. Mm -hmm. 
Because I'm actually doing this person a favor mm-hmm. by calling out this person. Mm-hmm. Of course, because you know what Murray did for me? He basically taught me how to be a man. How to take care of my responsibilities, bro. How to eat my food. How to stay ahead. How to be on top. How to climb over the obstacles, bro. When everything, when people said Vegas was done, not Naguan for me, he believed. Not only in me, bro. He believed in this person, bro. So for him to be in the earth, dead and gone, not here to defend himself, why wouldn't I take offense to someone who I'm sure did not confront Murray on these allegations when he was alive? That man is a good person, bro. He had a drinking problem in the end. Every one of us have some struggles in life. That is hurtful because that man went through hell with promoters just to let them take the package with an extra artist, bro. That man begged me, begged Violet to take this man on the road, bro. Because he respected the brother. Mm-hmm. He loved the brother, bro. I know that, bro. The man called me hours a night. Yo, such and such a big artist, you know. He might go run the place, you know. Say, Murray, come off my phone, me asleep, bro. <laughs> ask Richard Stevens. You never take it from me, bro. But you ask the question, why Vegas? Because, of course, the venom is strong. It's toxic. So, of course, if you want to catch a forward, you want the haters them to jump on your side, just find something to say about Vegas. What them not try? Them say me are them say me them say me, me molest Pitney. Right? Them say me a this. Them say me, me a drugs man. They say me a sell drugs. They say me a crackhead. Them where's them I say? By the end of the day, bro. Did I come here and waste my time on the earth, yeah? That won't be the story. You see that? I just this is this is how I see it, Vegas. I just hope that at the end of the day, everybody could just live and let live because this is how I know things to go. It's the race is not over until it's over. Until you take that last breath, it's not over. But in the meantime, there's a lot of hurdles and stuff you have to climb over. But I just wish that. A situation, again, he, he did say you were the big artist in the camp, so then clearly the respect is here. It's just whatever else happened with a co-worker where we're not inside of the workplace to know what's going on, it's just something like that, I guess, should have been fixed up, whatever it was. I understand all of that, and as I said prior, some things can be dealt with by just a phone call. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem with somebody, address the person first before you even... Go deal with it. You know, say, even the artist with me and him have the biggest um, fallout in a dance and music. I reach out to that artist after the year many times, you know. After the year, sorry. Many times. Ask Drummy from Rough Cut. 
Yeah. Always try to reach out to a brother and see if you can settle the score before it gets to that point there. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That will never happen. You know why? Because there's an audience for it. <laughs> there's an audience for it, and the audience crave it. You of all people understand that. You know what I mean? That's I you're the bad guy. You understand it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things there where I respect you for your talent. I respect him for his talent too. You guys are two different artists who doing two wicked things. It's just, again, I just wish you didn't think you're, because even if you watch the interview after what was said, it's like, okay, get it off your chest and let's move on. You were not part of that interview at all. You know, you were not in my notes at all. That's when, what, you, when you're writing an essay or any, any form of, of paper in school, <clears throat> there has to be a grabber. For sure. If the grabber for your interview is that, I think that is what we're going to pick up on. Mm. If the grabber in this interview is whatever you you, 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 you cut, you're going to cut something that you think is the grabber. So, the end, several, <laughs> parts, several parts, brother. All right. So the, the grabber is basically is what um, we spoke about. Mm -hmm. so it, it didn't. Once you're going to start out by there by saying somebody stopped your career, mm -hmm. that's the grabber, bro. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? You don't have anything in life. Why are you where you're at today? Why we don't hear anything about you? That is the grabber. Because Vega stopped me. And why it is the grabber? Because, of course, the audience is there to agree that Vega stopped this person. Even though, and I say it again, I was not even in the picture. There was no more in the street with Mr. Vegas. When this person found the biggest song of his career, what stopped you there? And you, the person that, that is interviewing this person, you know that as well. Mm -hmm. I was not in the picture. And this person found one of the biggest song of his career. After I was so, why didn't, if you did not get the opportunity when I was in the picture? Because I blocked you. No, you have the biggest song of your career. Why not prove to yourself and go for your dreams now? Like, oh, that person tried to stop me. Now I find a big tune. I go work. I go save my money. I go get a house. I go this. I go that. I go, go promote myself. Nobody can tell me no. Say, if Vegas now come, them now book this, blah, blah, blah. What happened there? That that's that's a whole another debate. We could go into management and all that, but I think you said your piece. You came across say what you said. His piece was said. Now we could move on. Bob. There's always three sides to a story. Of course, there is. Your side, my side, and the truth. There's actually four. I I want the third side. You see the third side. It says this person found the biggest song. Of his career. He was on a beat that I was blacklisted off. I never even depend on the beat, bro. You had an opportunity that I did not get. I was hiding behind Lanky Wall, the producer for the beat, stepping in dog doodle, -doo, going in my car, stinking up my car, just to get on the beat. And you were on the beat, bro. 
You ever hear me come and say, because Lenky never recalled me, I'm reach now, bro. I found another beat. You ever hear me come tell people, say, because somebody did a call me name and I try to hold me down in a music and try to put stigma upon my name where I'm going to reach anywhere. I talk about it, but you now go hear me say, that's why I'm going to reach now, because I'm reach somewhere. I am blessed. Every day. Good segue. Great segue. Excellent segue. You should actually be in my chair and I should be in yours. Excellent segue. I am blessed. All right. How did that monster song come up in the first place? And I know this came up right around the time when you wanted to retire. I was on tour. I was on tour. One of the dancers. You know, them time I used to pray before we go on stage and them thing there. So when the dancers start singing that church hymn, I am blessed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, which song that? Sing another song there. I said, no. Sing it again. So I said, that's so nice, Iman. I went back to my hotel room and I wrote the song. Basically, it just sat with me for a minute, bro. And I started reflecting on what I've gone through and what I've been through in the music industry. And I looked and said, you know what? I'm there upon tour. I'm blessed. No matter the amount of fight, I'm blessed. Look how much things them say about me. I'm blessed. I live somewhere. I earn substantially. I'm blessed. So I start writing, I say, I praise God straight, make money straight, bonita straight, want bad mind straight, God knows I'm straight, my love man straight, my father him straight, that's why I'm a band straight. And of them I try to stop me, I fly past them straight. Now the next part, I say, um, Jah bless me up straight, him watch over me straight. So when, the, when, so when the wicked rise, judgment for them straight. Look how much hears straight. Me at tour straight when them sit on a yard. Because that's true. <laughs> and then that song just turned into a super monster. That's, I would say that's probably in your top five, top two. Listen, wait a this have to play straight. Live up your rhythm straight. It have to play straight. What song would you put over that? Your breakout song? No song. That's my number one. That that's that is my favorite um, Mr. Vega song. Even when my whole angry. Because it's a reality. So when it go back to the point where the obstacles them couldn't stop me. Mm. The victory the sweet I want me climb over. I face it every day when because of course we're up on the internet and we see and we can read. And you see people say hurtful stuff like why God not just kill him? Or one day they're gonna find him now gully and him and like people so hateful. But guess what? He made me work harder. 
because I know say it's like LeBron James that play harder because I know say the critics them. Narrate him. So every night him want to score 50. Them things that used to fuel Michael Jordan and them, them things that fuel you as an athlete, as a celebrity, whatever. If you have everybody will love you and just hands up, hands up, and every time you tell them hands up, them hands up. No, man, you have to find yourself. You have to, you have to go through the fire, bro. Because when you go through fire, you come out pure. If I just, if everybody just like me, I'm going to get comfortable. And that has been the, the, the situation for years. So when they, when they blacklist me, I find someone who whitelist me. <laughs> yeah. Like Europe, where white people love me. It's chess, not checkers, big boss. You understand? Big league. Big league. <laughs> you understand. I got two more questions for you before we get out of here because this conversation, Vegas, has been freaking epic, boss. You know what I mean? You sat down and you explained stuff and you got stuff off your chest that I haven't really heard you speak about in depth, either ever or in a really long time. It's a long history, brother. It's a book. Yeah, it's no, it's several books, brother. Several books, several. <laughs> several. All right, we, you brought it up earlier. The um, Standing in the Sun remix with Beyonce. All right, how did that happen? This man that used to live in a board house had to run away, take money from his mom, and all of this stuff here ended up doing a song with one of the world's biggest artists, Beyonce. How did that happen? When Broke It Down went into the um, the Billboard charts, mm -hmm. it was the number one song on um, Power, um, and, and, um, Power 105 and Hot 97 in New York. It just started to play in, um, in, in, in other markets. So they wanted someone to do a remix of Standing on the Sun. So Danny C, who um, worked with Pitbull, um, he, he did some promotion for me at one time. So he was about to work the Broke It Down record. And um, he said, Vegas. And, and Beyonce, um, of course, you know, Heads Eye, and they played Broke It Down for her. So right then she said, I want him on the record. So when I got the contract, I said, I need to work with um, the best of the best in, in, in the business. Musicians. Not samplers, musicians. So I went to Cleavy and Danny Brownie to make the beat. And she loved the beat, but I was doing something where I didn't want to go too hard. And she sent back a message and said, no, 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 no. I want Vegas. Yeah. And I redid it and she loved it. So now the song is set to release. Um, or get on the album and someone leaked the song someone <laughs> just a, it's just a <laughs> it just mile up bro it's like it's like it happened so many times bro it's like yo when 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 it's gonna be a change i think it's gonna change though i think this year is gonna be a big breakout here with the, the, the you know i'm blessed with everything that i have but the the, the home run <laughs> something I always thwart it bro so I'm like 
everything is remember it's top secret you know have the emails and we have to have a code have to sign an agreement that i won't tell anybody about it so everything is 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 classified top secret so now the people who get ready to release the song and people start leak out music and then leak the song and the song of number one in new york number one in Hartford, number one in albany number one in boston the same week it really let them leak it so Danny see call the label and I say, yo, the song out and so then I try to find who leaked the song. So it's like she just get mad and she just got up one night and she just trapped every song that she recorded for the album. All the songs, them, the engineer that I was in the studio with in New York, he said he mixed 200 songs and they picked the song. And she got up one night, no promotions, no nothing. And she just released a song, an album with only new music, 12 a.m. 12 midnight. The Lemonade Project there. Yep. So originally, you should have been either on that project or the project that would have been before that project. All new music, nothing that anybody heard. And they, because they leaked Standing on the Sun. Yep. <laughs> so th there was no there, there was no more Beyonce did a song with a, with a Jamaican artist that that done gone. That it's like you're buying stocks and you you you, you buy the rumor and sell the news. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the life as an artist because as you said, it's always those amazing highs and those devastating lows. So so just for the complimentary, um, she actually. Um, put the song on her on her um, platinum album. Um, she released a platinum album, I think, the same the next year. Mm -hmm. So the song is actually on her um, platinum edition album. So you know, but then it's good for the resume. But what they really wanted to do, like shoot videos and all that stuff, bro. And that time she was, she was, you know, it's not like nowhere. I think she's recording a lot more songs now and she's more accessible now. Yeah. It's one of them days I still. We still we live and we we still dream of. You know what's even crazier is that's the one that we know. Imagine how many stuff we don't know that was almost happened that did not happen. Hundred percent, bro. One hundred percent. And and sometimes you, you do songs and you can't get clearance. Like I just did something with Stefan Dan and one of the biggest Latino artists, and I just couldn't get clearance. Yep, for Te Amo. And we had to scrap the project after waiting for almost two years. But it's, the biz it's a business, bro. And you take it in stride and you understand that. Learning every day. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you one last question, but I need you to promise me something. That we're going to do another part of this interview because there's still crazy questions to ask but this well, is three hours now bro <laughs> so we could do a second part to this right right good to go all right let me pick from this um super random jovi rockwell all right how did you meet jovi rockwell i met jovi rockwell at um um 
Fiwi Name Studio. I think it's Fiwi Name Yogi Studio. Yogi. She actually um, co-wrote um, Do You Know? Yeah. She actually, um, when she was writing it, she was writing like, trying to sound like Vegas. Come a long way, what a sweet love story. Remember the days? Because she's a great writer. <laughs> so when I heard her on the, on the beat, on the same beat, I liked her sound. She reminded me of... Um, Nelly Furtado. So I, I found a record, uh, uh, an old school record called You're Gonna Need Me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, called You're Gonna Need Me. So I was like, yo, I need to do something with Jovi like Sean Paul and Sasha. Yeah. So I, I got the record to her. I said, I need, I needed to do this record, you know. And, um, you know, it took a minute. But I was persistent. It's like, you have to do this record. And then she finally said, you know, she's going to do it. So she did the record and I took it to Bobby Digital. Bobby Digital mixed the record. and I released the record and the record started doing really well. So because of that record, someone took her to Sony Records. Um... And someone reached out to me and said, oh, we were just in a meeting and they played a song with you and Jovi Rockwell. And I said, I, I produced that record. Yeah, what, what's going on? He said, you know, she's going to get signed. And I was like, for real? So I'm thinking that, okay, if she's going to get signed, she's going to promote this record as her first single. Because this is the record that they took her in a meeting with. Yeah. So that was not the case. And she ended up signing a, a major, a major deal. But I think the direction where they took her in, um, it, it didn't work out. So after um she got dropped from the deal. Because she she I think I think people have to understand that when a record label hears you and they hear they hear you with something authentic, or you know, as a sound. You have to basically continue or, or give them like what Sean Paul did. Yeah. So when they dropped her um, major laser, when they just was starting out, when they just they, they just were starting out, um, they sent me a beat. And I said to the brother from Major Laser, Diplo, I said, yo, I have a girl named Jovi Rockwell, you know, I, I want to put her on the record. Yeah, and he said, all right. So I recorded the song and I and I and I wrote Jovi Rockwell's part and sent it to her. And of course she, she adds some things to it. And the record actually is on Major Laser's first album, Can't Stop Now, mm -hmm. with me and Jovi Rockwell. Um the problem is they didn't get to release it because the record was doing very well. It was one of the top records on, on the on the first album. But the problem is contractual agreements and all them things that basically mess up the whole thing. Because again, I became the problem because I wanted to use a lawyer to sort out my contract. Because I knew diploma, I knew major laser was going to be big. And I'm like, if I'm going to be a part of this thing, I want my, you know, proper, you know, credits. I want to be, I want to be, um, you know, represented by an attorney. And um, it didn't work out. 
So the song, you know, they didn't push it as a single or push it as a, you know, it was just on the album. And the relationship got strained based on that. And of course, I did come out and burn a fire upon them. As usual, you know, say, I'm going to burn a fire from Mr. The Thing Naga, right? Because why I burn out Major Lazer, Major Lazer in, in the early stage, and I think Diplo is still, maybe has gotten over because he get real big now and he turned into a mega star. But the reason why I, I, um, I did burn them out is because I did I did think say you know what I don't want I don't want people to think them can just come into dance hall and take with as nobodies and just put up on a project and win on a proper representation. The, the same thing why I called out Drake and I got in I got a lot of backlash and they may say artists are balls, people are ex, people not give them no people not give them no ratings internationally. And I'm like these are the reasons because when people come into the space or come into the sphere, we let people take advantage of us. You understand? We don't let people give us proper credits and they give outsiders other um, credits where they don't give us. So I get in trouble all the time because I'm very open about these things. It's the bad guy. The bad guy is here. And I mean, everybody likes the bad guy. Mr. Vegas, this part one of this conversation has been so epic. And again, thank you for even sitting down because again, I caught the live. I was tagged. I caught the live. I heard you going off. I said, hey, whatever. And I seen the comments. Yes, yes, people are agreeing. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. But what, what, the only thing I turned to somebody, somebody called me and said, yo, they're burning you out. I said, yo, the only problem I had with Vegas is I wish he had called my name. I wish he had said it. You hear me? <laughs> I got 500 new subs because of that. I said, I wish he had said my name. Anything else, I have zero problems with. That's the only problem I had. I think that is based on the um the intelligence that I that I that I've seen you, you know, you know, um put on display. Mm -hmm. Is 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 rare we do interviews with people and and um especially in these days where everyone has a phone or a or a or a site. Or a vlog, where people people um they you know it's 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 difficult I guess on some people's part to bring out what the artists really want to say. So sometimes the interview the interviews that you watch is is based on the questions and speaking over each other and stuff like that. So I, I respect the, the fact that um we were able to have a nice discourse and understanding each other and listening to each other. For sure, 1,000%. Before we get out of here, leave us with a crazy Mr. Vegas medley before we go. I started with, well, my wife is see you in the air. But I never get a slam yet, fear and I care. Holiday and the middle of the year, yeah, me dear. Na, 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 na. He let me know. Na, 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 na. Kill me di, kill me di, kill me di, it's I. And kill me di, hands up. Girl from your nose, say you never. But I want a body never yet, say you know how. But I want thing in a life, when you're sure about. And when you're sure about. Go and go tell them, say you're not so kid, okay, if you hear no name run. But I want to do them, but I want to do them, them. I am blessed. And I am blessed. Every day. For my life, I am blessed when I wake up in the morning and I lay my head to rest every day of my life. I'm a galley. <laughs>
Vegas, thank you so very much for this conversation. I actually can't wait to sit down and do the second part of this conversation because, again, we still didn't get into your stage shows, your albums, your um, high points, low points. There's still so much to go. But I think this is going to, this is the icebreaker where everybody can watch this, understand, and you'll be ready for the second part. Give thanks, brother. Mr. Vegas, let me give you outro and get you out of here, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. Give thanks. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com. <laughs>